0: Proudly brought to you by Dan Bats. Dan Bats makes pro quality wooden baseball bats for all ages at an affordable price. Dan Bats, the best Dan Wood in the game. Welcome back to another episode of Casual Sweats, the only video game podcast you will ever need. Seriously, delete every single other video game podcast you have, and every other that podcast, you ever heard too. any other. And every other podcast, you will get everything you need from this podcast: education, philosophy, video games, entertainment, Hallmark movies. Uh, what else, Evan? Science what else is there. Science, science, Research. exactly.
1: Unbiased, yeah. objective. Data. Hard-hitting
0: reporting, exactly. Current events. You'll you will get everything you need. Lead them this now.
2: Podcast. Oh my god! I to turn my game. <laughs> we're not gonna here. move on until you. <laughs> um are <laughs>
1: gonna parade the audience the next
2: twenty minutes.
0: Everybody that just started listening is like, yeah, I'm. I think I'm done. This is not wasn't Subscribe to um... all our channels. Pieces of shit. <laughs> Uh, but welcome back to Casual Sweats, everybody. Uh, we're happy you're here. You, don't, you can do it gradually. You can delete your other podcasts gradually. You can finish this one first. Um, we're, we're happy you're here. Uh, my name's Josh. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me, as always, entering the chat, is Evan Small. What's up, Evan?
1: Thanks, Josh Owens. I appreciate the intro. This time, I did it again.
0: You did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I said my first name and both of your names. So... <laughs> Whatever. I first, I don't know why I do that. I think I'm just like trying to get past mine and introduce you. And so I'm like, whatever, I'm Josh. I'm Josh. Like,
1: and here is Sir, Mr. Evan small, Jr. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of things that you could do with an intro for a name. And that was just a very next, poor
0: effort. <laughs> next week, I'm going to drum up like a nice long, very formal intro for
2: you. I'll, add that to my, I'll have to read
0: Jim Halpert's garden party book on how to introduce people anyway i don't even know what's happening at this point this is casual sweats it's a video game podcast we're gonna get to video games at some point we're happy you are here uh up top evan before we get into what we've got coming uh in this episode and i'm excited about what's in this episode there's not a lot of like news and new releases but we have some good stuff to talk about in this episode i think but before we get to it We're doing a Game of the Year episode on January 4th. As of this recording, it is the 28th. So, listeners, you have not very long. I'm terrible at math. How many days is that? It's It's literally going to be our next recording, right? (laughs) You have a week. You have seven days as of this recording uh, to send in your Game of the Year nominations and tell us why you think whichever game you pick should be Game of the Year. So... You can send it to us um, at our email address. It's casual at gmail.com. You can send it to us on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash casual sweatspod. We have a post pinned to to the top of our page uh, and you can comment on that post or you can just write us a message or post on our page or whatever you want to do. But tell us what your video game of the year, video game of the year is. Tell us what your game of the year is. Uh, I just sounded 55, for a second tell us what your video game is um anyway I I'm so all over the place today All right, so that's what we've got going on we're going to do that on January 4th send your game of the year before that uh also we're we're going to do a a last of us part 2 discussion after that I probably I think we said like at least a week buffer in between game of the year and last of us part 2 right
1: exactly at least 7 days from whatever date we just mentioned so
0: so tentatively <laughs> maybe somewhere around like January 18th or something, but we'll let you guys know for sure when it's going to be before we do it. Um, so that's what we've got coming up. We're going to be streaming after the episode today. Um, so if you're listening to this, when this comes out, you missed it, but you can tune Too in late. next Monday to our streams. Uh, so, and I think you had a note about this, Evan. Um, do we, do we want to stream individually or on the The reason I say individually
1: is because we have a casual sweats pod stream channel, but we can only stream one at a time. So we will more than likely stream from our own channels so that you can just follow that because that's a better idea. I think yeah for streaming at least. So that'll at least allow for the, the streams to take place at the same time there. Yeah. That's a better idea. Whereas everything else, so I will subscribe
0: to our channel and our channel only, and you'll be good to go. This podcast and this podcast only. Exactly. But for Twitch, you can you can follow both yeah, of us. That's I fine.
1: didn't muddy the waters at all. <laughs> Look at this. We're off to a great start.
0: <laughs> um, Listen put, to our podcast someday our... from now. I don't know. It <laughs> doesn't matter. At some point, we're going to do some stuff. Just stay stick around. Um, I'll put both of our Twitch info... And links and stuff in the in the episode description so people can find it so or maybe if you we made it won't to this point or maybe i won't we'll <laughs> see we'll see what happens if i if i remember so if you've it to this point just look at the episode description uh and it might be there <laughs> and it might not we'll see um but that's the stuff we have coming up uh so stick around for that we're gonna get into this week's episode evan that brings us to checkpoint. There you go. Um,
2: and this uh, this was your idea, so I'll yeah. let you I'll let you jump into this. I like this idea. This episode, we're gonna focus on New Year's
1: resolutions and goals and oracles.
0: And so, with that, you know, I like that we're being so wholesome. Last week we talked about Hallmark movies. This time we're talking about New Year's resolutions.
1: Yeah, we had a Christmas theme to the last one, so yeah, yeah this uh, yeah, you know, we're fitting <laughs> the theme here, and it's been a topic on my mind as well. What a year it has been. Um, had a lot of reflection. I don't know about you, but uh, being yeah. inside my house for where are we at now? Whatever December minus March is uh, long yeah. fucking time. And uh, nine months. Yeah, yeah, it's been a a wild ride. I want to say it was like mid March. Even I like remember the day, like packing up stuff at the office. Anywho. So this year, we're focusing on 2021 goals. Um, I've got a few here. I, I do want to unbox these further, but uh have been doing a lot of thinking about this. Our company put on an event recently recently, where we had people like Jesse Itzler. Um, he's a madman. I think he co-founded um, Zico Coconut Water. Also started a number of other businesses, like just wow. a super active guy. Uh, that's where we also had Jane McConaughey, Dr. Jane McConical, the video game developer that proves that video games are yet again healthy for you. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. I've had a, a lot of exposure to some public figures and speakers and things like that. And uh, a few goals that I've got here to start that don't necessarily relate to video games, but will at certain points. I'd say first and foremost, I've noticed that I need to eliminate noise. In other words, like the things that I'm giving attention to that aren't necessarily bringing value. And that doesn't mean like financial value, but really just personal, whatever it could be. Like, do I get enjoyment out of this thing or am I doing this for the wrong reasons? Um, Whether that be watching too much TV, playing too many video games, or just simply like not really taking care of myself at all. Um, So I'd say really rather than adding a new habit, eliminating bad ones that might appear on the opposite side of that though. Like most of my goals really surround, like we were talking before the podcast started here about like religion and just kind of our upbringings and such. So somehow (laughs) that's one of our,
0: one of our classic Evan and Josh (laughs) conversations. (laughs) Uh, But yeah.
1: (laughs) So my goals surround mind, body and spirit and uh, are intended mainly to create positive habits on like a daily basis, mainly like, That'll carry over into weekly, monthly, and yearly, too. I do have some other goals that will extend beyond those timelines. But first and foremost, get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. I've been slacking on that front, staying up too late, waking up too early. And it's just I don't like who I am. Like, I wake up in less Mm -hmm. than that, and I'm not a good person. Also, like to start my day off with meditating 10 minutes a day. Just something to kind of approach the rest of my day it's something that i feel makes me a better person and uh kind of similar to that if i get out of the the groove of meditating like i just mentally am not as uh i'm not as clear like my um, brain seems a little bit foggier like just again not really like i like who i am more when i meditate in line with that exercising really just moving like just walking something 20 minutes a day like I, I do generally like to have like a couple hard workouts throughout the week, but just moving, like, I don't want to have like guilt associated with not necessarily getting a hard workout, but just being able to say like, okay, like I moved, I walked, I did something, um, just to kind of like, you know, keep my like brain active and everything too. I just, again, feel like I'm a better person when I exercise. Um, but this is the biggest one for me is like working on creative endeavors for at least five minutes a day, not necessarily like trying to do everything in one chunk where I save like the weekend for work or I like all of these creative endeavors. Like it's something that like if I work on it just a little bit and set like a low bar, like I'm going to get into it and probably end up doing longer than that. But still setting deadlines associated with that. So, for example, I do plan to get all of our podcasts here in video format on YouTube uh, we've had some audio syncing issues, I should say. I've had audio syncing issues among many of the other audio challenges we've experienced previously. <laughs> uh, but I do plan to get all of those up before the end of my break, which will be the third Sunday, and then creating clips outside of that. But that's something that I just, I like video editing. I like learning new tools and things like that. And this is just something that's going to be good overall and like putting more of a, an emphasis on my learning and like working on other things outside of my day-to-day job is going to be super important. And if I do it daily, it's something that creates more of a a habit and a lasting routine for me versus like Saturday, I'm going to do eight hours of editing. Like just not, it's not realistic. Um, My last goals here are mainly relationship focused. Like call a friend that I haven't talked to in over a month, see how they're doing, check in, let them know that I love them. Same thing with my parents, call them once a week, let them know I love them. Like just say hi. And then the last one is with my fiance, soon to be wife, Delaney, and just doing a date night once a week, like making sure that we kind of remove everything else, all the other noise and just spend time focused like on each other. Um, Something that like this year I've gotten out of the the groove of because it's just been a wild year. But I realized I'm like, yeah, I could be a better person and a better fiance, (laughs) a better boyfriend, like all of these things. Like I can't let the other shit that's going on outside in the world like affect like (laughs) my life and the people's lives around me. So that's my new
0: resolution. Sorry, I'm not laughing at your resolution. I I was just thinking in my head because you were like, I could be a better person. And I was like, what if, what if I was like, I think, no, I, I don't, I'm not sure I could be better. I think I'm, I think I'm great. I'm just a bad person (laughs) for life. (laughs) No, I I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I made it. I'm just, I'm, I'm great. So I'm going to ride this
1: wave now. For the next mm-hmm. fifty years,
0: if I'm lucky to I'm stay like this, yeah <clears throat> um yeah, I'm done uh no th- i I like all of these man, um the relationship stuff i th- I think is is huge uh I used to be much much better at this stuff too, like calling friends that I haven't talked to in a while um <clears throat> and I also have gotten out of the habit of like doing some kind of a date night thing with Cecilia. like. Mm-hmm. It's so cliche like this this year has been so weird, but like I th- I think in my head I've been like I mean, we spend every single day together, like literally just th- almost the whole day because I'm like I'm home all the time. Yeah. And she's she's off, <clears throat> you know, like two days a week. So like we have two full days out of the week um, together and then like, you know, weekends and stuff. But that's not really the same as like setting time aside, you know, like for like dates
1: yeah spending time yeah.
0: lighting so a candle whatever should, it is yeah so i should do that too um i yeah i i like these all man and uh <clears throat> surprise surprise listeners we're going to have video uh episodes up for you on youtube soonish so that's exciting too um and i i should also add there that those audio issues are not evan's fault uh I technology is i don't even know strange so, yeah
1: we both recorded wow. our audio at the same rate, the videos mm-hmm. identical. And yet somehow mm-hmm. the audio desyncs throughout it. And it's been two to three hours each episode. So you've got to sit there <laughs> and watch throughout that looking frame by frame mm-hmm. to realize when up oh, my voice isn't synced anymore. Like I'm like mm-hmm. dancing in the background
0: or whatever. And my like,
1: somehow I'm in a full <laughs> speech.
0: <laughs> um, but that's really exciting. I'm excited to get that, that, uh, out and available to the public. And I like I like that you included sleep in here as well. Um that is also something that I'm terrible at. So I what I'm saying is I may just adopt Taken. like most if not all of yours. <laughs> uh for mine too. Um but I I like what you started out with in saying that you you don't want to you don't want to have the like two things. You don't want to have the guilt associated with like not Doing something like sort of giving yourself the freedom to decide what's valuable and what's not. And then, you know, like getting rid of the stuff that's not valuable and then the stuff that is valuable, like placing the appropriate value on it and continuing to do that and spend time on it. Um, Cause that, that's something that I've been thinking about too is not necessarily like I've been talking to my therapist a lot about productivity. Uh, and I, I have this, like, I, I I'm not, unique in this way, but like I have this drive, like almost manic drive to be productive and feel like I'm like contributing to what I I don't know the world. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so I like, sometimes I'll feel guilty about like sitting down and playing a video game or, you know, just doing anything that doesn't seem like quote unquote productive. And he's been helping me try to reframe that and think about things in terms of value. Like you were saying, like, is it providing value? Not monetarily or like you know necessarily productivity wise, but is it adding? Is it making your life better or not? If it's not, then yeah, for sure get rid of it. If it's making your life better in any way, keep it, and then just make sure that you're calibrating and regulating. Um, So yeah, I like this stuff. Um, Yeah, man, mine. I don't. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, um, but. Mine, my big one for this year, outside of basically just copying all of yours, is um, I've been thinking for a long time about writing a book. Uh, yeah. And so I, I also don't want to be one of those people that's like, I'm writing a book because I know everything about everything. And you should listen to me because I can tell you. I don't like I don't want to be that person. Um, so the, the way I'm sort of framing this is is I'm writing this book for me at like 15 and that like that kid seriously desperately needed somebody to, to sit him down and help him understand some things about the world, uh, about the, the situations and like culture in which he found himself at 15. Um, and about like some of the questions that he had and, and, uh, all of that. So that's, that's sort of the, the goal of my book is, is for that kid, that poor, confused anxiety written 15 year old kid. Like if I can help that kid, I'll feel better. Um, and it's, so it's just for me, it's something I sort of got to get out. And if it helps anybody else, that's fine too. Um, so I've been thinking about it for a long time and this year I want to take some like, actual tangible steps towards completing that. So, uh, I, I bulleted some things out that I want to have completed by the end of the year. Um, and I think we should check in on this stuff too, from time to time on the podcast. So like, keep us accountable. So, um, the, the first thing is just creating the one sentence synopsis for this. (laughs) I just, I just remember, I just saw the way I put this in the, the outline is I want to take measurable steps toward eating my elephant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, um, the reference there is how do you, eat, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yep. Um, so you just kind of take things, uh, um, one step at a time. Um, I don't know why I found that so funny I when I was putting this in the outline, but the, book. <laughs> the elephant being the book. Yes. <laughs> so, the um, there's
1: like, uh, take care of your rocks first, eat the duck, I think is another one or, oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. That was uh Justin's thing, wasn't it? Yeah. like uh, eat the duck or yeah.
1: swallow the I don't even. Know. Oh, eat
0: the uh, swallow the frog.
1: Swallow the frog, which if you
0: got up every morning and somebody somebody told you you have to you have to swallow one frog for the rest of your life every day and you can either you can either go the whole day dreading swallowing that frog by the end of the day or you can do it first thing in the morning, get it over with, and then you have the rest of your day.
1: Thanks for re-explaining that because for the longest time, like I've been tr- like trying to understand who the fuck thought of swallow the frog. It's like some type of like <laughs> tackle your day like but that makes more yeah. sense like you have to eat a frog every day or you just like that's going to be the amount of frogs that you have to eat at the end of your life like yeah mm-hmm. fucking eat all the frogs like start eating frogs right away mm-hmm. so that you're not stuck with eating like god that's too much just get out of the way 365 <laughs> days a year 365
0: Holy times 80 You know that's that's a lot. I'd imagine a
1: society in which you need to eat a frog every day is probably not a thriving society, though.
0: Okay, three hundred sixty-five times twenty.
1: Yeah, four years old. Like those poor kids.
0: (laughs) You're gonna choke on a frog at some point and just die. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's not a great world. Uh, The French would disagree, though. I think. Um, Eating
1: frogs daily.
0: Yeah, I don't. The French eat frogs. I, I, I
1: mean, I think Americans eat frogs too. Probably
0: not that many. But, yeah,
1: that's a lot of frogs we're talking. Here. <laughs> They're
0: like,
2: it's too many frogs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no.
2: That was <laughs> a terrible I, accent. I literally, no um, one word in French. <laughs> uh, that's a
0: good. That's an easy one to say in French too, because yeah. it's it's literally just no. But if you ah, oh, if you do that in it, it sounds French for some reason. Um, anyway, uh, sorry, France. The whole country of France. We're so
1: insensitive.
0: Uh, anyway, so my my tangible steps towards eating my elephant or writing my book is uh, I, I need to create my one sentence synopsis. I have an idea of what I want the book to be, but I just I need to be able to, to kind of narrow it down and like condense it into one sentence to get the idea across. Next, create the outline. Next, create a writing schedule. That's a big one um, because I don't do well if I don't give myself deadlines uh and schedule um and then establish a deadline is the next one so i need to establish uh like a deadline for myself when i'm gonna have the rest of this completed (laughs) um next i want to edit and semi like kind of finalize my intro um from what i understand about writing books people that i've talked to that have written books uh the book's kind of not done until it's done the whole thing so i guess that makes uh, sense (laughs) <laughs> you can, but like just meaning, you know, like, you know, when you finish, if you got like 15 chapters in your book, you know, chapter one is not really done until chapter 15 is done. um Because anything you write at any time could, you know, sort of cast something in a different light earlier on. So uh, I want to edit and semi-finalize my intro. Um, I want to complete at least two chapters by the end of the year of this book. Um, And then this is not related to the book, but it's related to you know, some stuff that I've been working on for a while. I haven't done an episode of good humans in a very long time. My, my other podcast. Um, and I actually just released an episode the 24th, um, with, uh, my friend, Matt hires, who is a musician who has a new single out that everyone should go listen to. It's called break no more. Uh, it's amazing. I think it's one of his best yet. um, and, dude, his song, this is a, a rabbit trail, but like his songs, I told him this on the episode, his lyrics come out fucking swinging. It's one of my favorite things about his music. Uh, like so many of his songs start out with like a gut punch of a lyric and it's so, so good. And you're just you're hooked immediately. Like one of his songs starts out with um, the prettiest girls come from the ugliest places. You come from the ugliest of them all or something like like something very close to that and it's like holy shit like that's a big swing coming out the gate for like a song you know what I mean um and edgy shit pull, right like, there. yeah and his 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 lyrics don't pull punches anyway <clears throat> but so many of the songs just come out so so like swinging so hard um and this new one is is no exception so I highly recommend it. it's called break no more break no more I feel like I said that it's strange um anyway so I just put on an episode, but, um, I, I don't going back to that thing about like guilt for not doing things. I, I, I've been feeling guilty this year for not putting on an episode as well, but I just haven't been in the right headspace. Like it's, you know, it's been a strange year. Uh, I haven't really felt inspired or like, I, I really have anything to say or contribute, so I haven't done it. Um, but I've also felt guilty about that because I feel, uh, like Um, purposeful when I'm doing that podcast Uh, I I feel like I'm doing something good and and positive so it's been this kind of vicious circle of like the guilt makes me feel not inspired and then being not inspired makes me not put out a podcast episode and then that makes me feel guilty and I keep going around and around so um, I've started it back up I put out an episode but with the caveat that I'm not I'm not gonna put myself on any kind of release schedule I'm gonna say something when I have something to say um, but that being said, I want to publish at least 12 episodes of good humans this year. So it's an average of one a month. I feel like I can, I can pull out 12, uh, moments of inspiration, uh, over the course of a year. That's, I think that's setting the bar pretty low. So we'll see how that goes. Um, well, but it, yeah,
1: that's the whole part of these like <laughs> goals. Though it's like, it's not to give yourself an, uh, An outlet, like in the sense that if I don't reach this goal, that's okay. Like that's not the point at all. It's mainly like set the bar lower, do something consistently and naturally you're, you're going to, for example, like the five minutes a day that I have, like, I'm not going to be just doing five minutes a day. Like I know as soon as I, like, it might take me five minutes to start my computer, but it's the process of like going through with something on a consistent basis is going to get you into a rhythm of, of just. I guess accomplishing what you're out there to do like 12 episodes. You can definitely get that for sure.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I've and it's it's going to be, I think, more solo episodes this year than it has been in the past. Usually it's an interview show. Um, And I I definitely want to have more conversations with people and interview people. Uh, Strangely, it's been hard to get a hold. Like I've been trying to line up interviews for most of this year with people. Uh, and strangely, it's been it's been really hard to even like get a hold of people for interviews. And I, I think it's just because everybody else is also feeling drained, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so it, I would have thought that it'd be easier because everybody's you know fucking at home. <laughs> like, what else are you doing? You know, but if everybody else is feeling like me, then it probably would be hard to to pull out uh, any any sort of a coherent or meaningful interview. So. Um. So that's that. And then the last one I have um, personally is uh, I want to I want to play my guitar for at least an hour a week this year um, and get back into singing. I. I have I definitely have some allergy issues, but I'm I'm afraid that there's something else going on with my voice. It hasn't felt right for a few years now, so I haven't really sang at all for a few years and because I haven't been singing, I haven't been playing guitar and like, that's another thing, like because my voice doesn't feel right. Um, it's, it's kind of depressing. Cause I like, I love singing. It's music is, is probably my favorite thing in the world, playing and singing and <clears throat> not being able to do that is really depressing. And then like, it's, it's much easier instead of like feeling like shit about it all the time and being sad about it. It's easier just to not do it. Um, So that's what I've been doing. So I need to go to a doctor and get my throat and voice checked out and make sure nothing terrible is going on. Maybe it is just allergies, but I I, I at least want to get back into playing guitar for an hour a week because I miss it.
1: Maybe that's maybe that's the uh, the illness is not doing it and your throat's like, come on, I need to let these uh, pipes loose.
0: (laughs) I do. I do have some friends that were telling me and it is true, like the more you use it, the the better your voice will be. It's, it's a muscle. Um, but it like I started having problems when I was singing regularly. Uh, and that's kind of like why I fell off of it. So that's why I'm alarmed that something may be going on. It may just be allergies, you know, like you can pick up allergies when you're older. So I guess that's possible, but, um, yeah, we'll see. And it's, it's been hard to get doctor's appointments this year because, (laughs) of everything else that's going on. Yeah, so uh, I, on? I actually had crazy enough, I had a an appointment scheduled in February and then all this stuff started happening and they canceled my appointment. And this was before we knew that it was a big deal. Yeah, and I was gonna
1: say February. Like March was the first that like it really picked up yeah. my like from my point of view.
0: Yeah, I mean me too. Like I I didn't know it was a big deal at that point. So I was like they can't really you're canceling my appointment but like it's a fucking doctor's office (laughs) yeah and i was like this is like a legitimate thing like i like sometimes when i'm talking you people might hear in this podcast sometimes like by the end of the podcast sometimes my voice is a little bit scratchy um and i feel like it's not normal like i'm just talking it's not like i'm straining my voice at all you know so i was upset that they canceled my appointment and then turns out that was probably the the best course of action for everybody (laughs) So turns
1: out the we'll doctors see. We'll see knew if what they were doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> turns out somebody that went to school for, uh, I don't know, 12, 15 years, uh, probably knows a little more about that stuff than I do. So, um, but yeah, those are, those are mine. Um, uh, yeah, I covered all of them, but, uh, I feel like mine are, I feel like you, mine are, mine are a little more self-centered. I'm realizing as I'm reading
2: through. Well, my yeah. List. I mean, their
1: personal goals though. So like.
2: I, it's, yeah, That's true. the whole point that's of true.
1: them. Focus on yourself. Get better as a person. You're gonna improve uh, the experiences around you. Like that's I don't true. I don't always meditate. I mean, I meditate for myself, but it makes me a better person when I interact with others. So in a sense yeah, that's I'm doing true. it for others. That's my selfish way of thinking of meditation.
0: Yeah, and I've thought about that before too. Like you you know, if you wanna take care of other people, you gotta make sure you're taken care of first. If if you're you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, your cup's gotta be full before you can fill your cup up, up yeah so, yeah just fill it up fill it up <laughs> um all right dude this that was such a good idea i'm glad we did this i'm glad we did this topic um and now we need to check back in on it in future episodes got a note to to keep us accountable absolutely so and i also i'm not going to say what it is because i i'm going to use it at some point but i also got an idea for a podcast title like a a new podcast because i'm apparently a serial podcast creator uh that i, I think would be great i'll share it with you later from from um, this
1: conversation
0: from this conversation yeah okay so right. yeah um cool man anything else on on resolutions i oh i should add sorry i just asked you a question and now i'm gonna interrupt you before you even answer
2: okay
0: uh i should <laughs> that's fine you can be an asshole um I tend I've I've hated usually making New Year's resolutions. I like I even wrote a blog post about it forever ago when I had a blog um, because I, I always felt like, why would you like, why would you wait for an event like New Year's to make yourself a better person? Just fucking because we're yourself going a better around person. the sun again. But But human nature, I see this is this is an instance where I'm a completely different person than the one that wrote that blog post years (laughs) ago, because now I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Humans need like we need some sort of like we need ritual. We need like some sort of way to mark occasions and, you know, like set uh, goals and, you know, like time matters. And this year time has been meaningless. So it'll be nice to like sort of have a clean slate. So I get it. I'm just saying, I get it. I was wrong back then.
1: Uh, Hey, and I'm
0: right now. Damn it. Uh,
1: Yeah. Until next year when we're both wrong again, those daily habits I worked on were terrible ideas.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Resolutions are stupid. Um, but anyway, from you, any, like any other thoughts about resolutions or any of this?
1: Um, I really thought at this point at the end of 2020 that we would have met aliens, you know, with everything else that had come up, like, Mm. I would have had a goal in here to, like, you know, chill with an alien, like, at least once in 2021.
0: To get, like, invited to an alien house party yeah, or
1: something. Yeah, I, well, I, maybe if they're throwing down, then sure. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, anything. I'd grab a cup of coffee if that's what they're into. I don't know. But, like, I was just waiting for it. Like, Pentagon releases some shit. We've had the pandemic. Like, everything is upside down. So, let's go. I'm ready. Dude.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. I have said this to Cecilia so many times. If aliens invade, which it's just a matter of time at this point, right? We've seen everything else has happened. It's a matter of time. So I'll say when aliens invade a hundred percent immediately, I'm like, I surrender. You can take me, whatever, whatever is happening with you guys probably must be better than whatever's happening here. like, I'm down. Let's do it. This is something I've thought about extensively, but I'm not going to go
1: into this rabbit hole. I don't think that the aliens would be uh would be violent. I think that there's a possibility, I don't but like I don't think it would be an invasion per se. Like
0: I don't either. I think if you can get here from wherever they are, they probably have everything they need. I'm not sure we have anything they're they're needing. Yeah, a so valid I don't, I don't point. think like if they've here. already
1: made it to our planet like, yo, listen guys, <clears> put <throat> your fucking guns away. Like it's not going to do yeah. anything to us like chill yeah.
0: out. I don't, I don't think they need anything from us. So I don't think they'd be violent either. I'm just saying like whatever their purpose for being here is, if, if they need any humans to do anything, they don't need I'm in. just any humans though, Josh, they need good humans. <laughs> All right. I'm in, I'm in, I have a whole, like I could, I could be like, that's my brand, man. Yeah. I am a good <laughs> Pete Holmes. Come over I'm here. One of the good ones. Um, yeah, dude, I would be down and I, I really feel like it's a matter of time. That's the crazy thing about 2020. So much craziness has happened. All of it, like really impactful. I'm not trying to downplay anything that happened this year, certainly. But any other year, the Pentagon releasing documentation, the Pentagon releasing yeah. documentation saying that they have pieces of aircrafts that are made from materials not of this world. That's a quote from that report. That would be groundbreaking. That would be earth shattering news. Pardon the pun. And this year it gets released amidst, you know, protests and a pandemic and everything else. And people are like, oh, that's crazy. And that's about it. And and I'm like, wait, what? Not of this world. What did they just say? repeat that shit like
1: you're out of your mind yeah. you can't let that that slip under the rug like that
2: yeah yeah
0: and then you have um uh is he a colonel braverman um yeah. i can never is he a uh, a navy he he's a Na- he was a former navy colonel right yeah pilot and like him coming out publicly and 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 pretty uh he's pretty reputable like pretty reputable he's 100%. very reputable yeah um, coming out and, and talking about the encounter they had with those tick tock, tick tock, <laughs> tick oh <my> god <laughs> tick UFOs, um, and talking about like how they sort of defy anything and everything we know about aeronautics and, uh, aerodynamics and, and flight, um, and propulsion and all of that. Uh, and then wasn't there somebody there was, I feel like there was somebody else, another pilot or somebody
1: there there's. There is no shortage of similar. people that have come out, but uh, reputable people that have come out and, and said this as well. The and fa- then there's
0: the dude from Bob Lazar. Oh yeah, that was that was great. That was a good documentary. Um No, but there was like a, a government official from another country recently uh, just
1: Iraq. Um I don't remember his Iraq, name, yeah. but he came out and he was like in his mid-20s. He was like, 80s. Oh yeah,
0: the US is currently in contact with oh, yeah. aliens yeah. right now.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> All of this. And everybody's just like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, what? Okay. No, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on? I, right I think
0: at this point we're like, yeah, figures. Yeah. Just add
1: it <laughs> but to this. Any other uh, year. Yeah. Pile yeah. of o- other steamy shit. But oh, I don't God. know. In any case, I've got no, no other New Year's resolutions, but I would really, really love to know about aliens. Like, man, I want them to be too. real so bad. Like, I need some hard data, too. But like, <clears throat> God. That that article in itself is is quite a bit right there.
0: That put a pin in that because that relates to something I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about later too. Um, needing to to know about aliens, uh, but Evan, speaking of, it'll all relate in a second. Speaking of, uh, that brings us to progress bar. Did
2: I do? Was that good? Did I do it? <laughs>
1: Uh, every one of them is uh, you can't really go wrong even if it's bad it's good like i
0: don't, I don't know i don't know how annoying that is for our <laughs> listeners it's fun for us but I, w- I wonder if the listeners at this point are like come on this is episode five we're still that's you guys still a paid thing
1: for a damn theme song and you don't have in- just pay
0: for some sound effects. <laughs> yeah. We're like, nah, we got it. It's fine. I'll I'll just create Um, some
1: type of a compilation of all of those and just splice them in like a very poorly edited version of it between each of these.
0: Just like just like an amalgamation of all of them together. Like just layered on top of each other. Exactly. (laughs) Uh but anyway, progress bar is uh where we talk about the games we've been playing and what we've been getting up to in those games. And Evan, I'm excited to hear about yours. I'm going you've you've convinced me, by the way, to purchase this game. I was holding off, but talk to me about Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of
1: Tsushima. I'm, I'm claiming it here. It's the new GOT. People have been using Game of Thrones wow. for that abbreviation for far too long. Ghost of Tsushima is here in Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, just it's not on par. Like this game is insane. <laughs> it's insane. Um, I, I don't know. I've been looking for a game for like this for a while. I love the Assassin's Creed games, but like I've played a few of those already and I'm like, ah, I kind of want to try something new. It won an award, but honestly, if I had my way, I'd petition to put this one somewhere higher in the list. Like it won one of the awards wow. and like I honestly I think it's a beautiful game. It's detailed in all of the right places. Like it maintains a good gameplay, but like the scenery, the graphics, like everything within the game is extremely detailed, yet they were like smart in how they developed the game around it. So the environment there's active use of time progression, night and day, sun and rain. Um, I'm getting to the second act now, where I believe there's going to be winter. They've like alluded to that in a few ways, uh, like where the north is very cold, so I guarantee there's going to be snow. Um, I mean to backtrack just a bit, it's a samurai game based in like 1247, I believe is the year. Some of it's historically accurate. The characters in the game are not; they're entirely fictional, but it, awesome period of history have gotten a lot of enjoyment just out of that in itself and the samurai fighting and physics and such but some of the things that i really like about this is they have an effective use of jump cuts without creating disruption in the overall flow like that was something we were talked about maybe two episodes ago where like certain games mm-hmm. as part of like helping the game load and like not overloading the system will use like a, a scene where you're like only tapping a button or where you have no control at all and it's just playing like a movie in front of you like some games Overkill that and don't really give you freedom within the game itself. Like the way that they use it in this game is very minimal. Like it is, it's necessary. Like you play it and you're like, oh, that makes sense. But it's not like so repetitive where it becomes frustrating. You can also pick up items throughout your journey all while riding your horse, like a lot of games will use those like jump cut scenes, which which I'm calling it. I don't know if that's the proper term, but like, if you went to like interact with an item that you're going to be picking up somewhere else on the map frequently, like it'll keep going into that new scene and you're like, okay, we get it. Like in this case, it just like, all right, keep going. Like you're just collecting materials. They don't make you do some Uh, complex action or anything like that. It's pretty simple. Um, I also like that it's it's got a solid transportation and mobility system. Like you can call your horse very easily at all times, like wherever you're at, unless it's like on the top of a mountain, which makes sense. Like there's other ways to navigate pretty easily in those instances. Um, like you can call your horse whenever you can also use guiding wind to help with your location tracking. That was a pretty interesting take on it too. Like the wind will like gust and you'll see like the direction it's going in and you go in that direction cool. you'll be able to, to find where you're going. They also
0: have to your, Oh, go ahead. To your point, just to your point about those animations for like picking things up or like that kind of thing being annoying. I was, I was, it's funny you mentioned that cause I was thinking about this and what was I playing? I can't even remember what I was playing now. Oh, I, I do remember I was playing cyber. This was when I was playing cyberpunk a few a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, and some of the guns you pick up, um, you shoot like you, you fire through your clip and then you reload. And some of the pistols, when you reload, you, you do the reloading animation. And then when he's like bringing it back up to fire, he like flips it around. He does like the Western gunslinger, like flips it around and then points it. And that whole animation takes two or three seconds. Like it, it's fairly long for an animation And at some point I was like, I just want you to reload the gun. Right. Like, can we not do this every time? And it made me think of other games. Like when you go through a door, like every, even if it's a first person game, every time you open a door, it does like a dumb, like the camera, like it takes full control away from you. It looks down, your hand reaches out, like grabs a doorknob, opens it. Like it's just so much animation. And I'm always like, I don't need this. I don't need this every time. Like, I, I think what you're trying to do is immerse me more, but you're completely taking me out of it because you're like, you take all control away from the person. Right. It does the animation and then they give control back. Um. So I, I'd like when games like this that are like super detailed in other ways are just like, listen, we know that stuff's annoying. Just, you can just fucking pick stuff up. It's fine. Uh,
1: you reminded me though, like some, I don't, I can't name specific games, but some of the older games, before they could like update the animations like they clearly had to use like templated animations over and over again yeah so your character yeah. could have been customized to the tits like with green armor mm-hmm. and everything like every like you could have been like wearing a rainbow it doesn't really matter yet when you walk through that door like you're wearing whatever it was in the beginning of the storyline yep. or based on yeah. your progression and like they couldn't transition that easily <laughs> for whatever reason yeah
0: yeah, I do remember games where I'd like, yeah, you customize armor or yeah. whatever, like something about your character. It's all visible, and then in every cutscene, it's just the normal clothes. And then as soon as the cutscene's yeah. over, you're back to like your <laughs> customized character. And I always be like, how, like, how as a developer, how do you? De-? And I know there was limitations, sure. you know, at, at different points. But like, how do you as a developer not think about that a little more and be like, we got to figure out. Some way to make this narratively make sense. Or some like just to just do it and it be so jarring between like gameplay and cutscene and then gameplay again is so strange. Yeah. That's that's one of those things that's so of the time. Like two thousands like oh, yeah. mid-2000s was was all about
1: that. Now it's like nostalgic. Like I, I wouldn't mind if I saw a game, like an, if I were playing an old game, I suppose, like I would love to just experience that again. I and I don't know yeah. why, like it's not improving the game in any way, but with uh, Ghost of Tsushima, they do a good job within that. And like, it's very limited, but at the same time, like they're good at actually customizing to the scene. So if you are riding your horse and you engage with somebody, like you're still riding your horse unless it's like a a pivotal moment in the actual like storyline, it'll like go into its own scene, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. Um, That's cool. But along those lines, some other really cool highlights that I I absolutely love is that the side missions are pretty dynamic and mostly unique. So while they do use some of those repetitive animations, like most of it is, is unique to like what you're going through. And each of those side missions are also unique in in, in an instance, like, if you would take spider-man like the original god ps2 version of it if you ran into like a bunch of uh like not gang members what do they call the thugs like if you run into a random group of thugs like there is an intro that will play every time it's like it's so repetitive like every like the the dialogue they use like you know that like they basically have everything scripted and like your fighting is basically the only thing that's unique in that instance like for this game, it's not that case, and there's a lot of variation in your side missions. Wildlife, like part of your environment, will take you to certain side missions. Like so hot springs will That's increase cool. your max health. Fox dens will increase your resolve and add charms. It's a bunch of stuff that will improve your character's abilities as you go. You can overtake Mongol bases, which also helps with your character progression. Like basically everything has a purpose, and it's pretty unique, though, in the way that they've done that. Um one of the final things that I liked about it was you, you can write haikus as well. I mean, like they really take the samurai vibe of like, funny that we talk about New Year's goals and that I'm playing this game, but like they have like this mind, body, spirit <laughs> whole thing going down. Like you must yeah. exercise, you must train, like you must also like meditate, which is like their haikus here. Like they're reflecting on like the shit that they're going through in life um, while maintaining like a physical presence and a spiritual presence, like all of these different things. But you'll have an option to create your own haikus, and it's basically based on what you pick in the scenery. You'll look towards it, you'll select it, and it writes the haiku in real time as you go. That's cool. But I wrote, I had to do a little research. I haven't done this back since like elementary school, and I wrote a few haikus for you as well. And I'd like to read them. Oh, I'm excited. I also wrote a a non haiku because I was like, I always liked writing poetry and things that rhyme. So haikus don't rhyme, but we're going to get into both of those. Yeah.
0: Does it start with there once was a man from Nantucket? <laughs> no. No? Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with what I deem to be like Sorry. the most accurate and then progress my way mm-hmm. towards uh, my very poor sense of humor. Okay, Haikus, if you don't know, are five syllables, seven syllables and five syllables. Again, they don't rhyme. Uh, in the Japanese language, they call syllables something a little bit different and it doesn't totally translate. So the syllables don't always go from Japanese to English very well. I'm not doing that. These are all tailor-made haikus for the the, casual sweats. All right. So my first one here is based on Ghost of Tsushima. Makes sense. It's what I've been playing. So, Samurai, I am, honoring the ancient code, death, the code breaker. It's an actual haiku, apparently accurate to the game. If you played the game, you'd be like, damn, that's actually a legit haiku. I hope. (laughs) The <laughs> poet would probably like disagree <laughs> Alright, now we're going to go into Actually the first ones that I wrote Which you'll kind of see where my brain goes Samurai I am The goddamn Mongolians will eat shit And die <laughs> So That that one's Perfect. not really as good But it still fits the syllables This next one is about Call of Duty And I did a post about our games of the year And it has a relation to Gulag here Pizza mm-hmm. Don't French fry gulag or rebirth. No more. No more. God damn it. I'm dead.
0: <laughs> oh, perfect.
1: It's, uh, you yeah, know, if you haven't seen it, South park reference, if you pizza, when, or when you, if you uh-huh. French fry, when you're supposed to pizza, you're going to have a bad time. And that's yep. often how I feel within call of duty. I do the wrong thing <laughs> at the wrong time. And then I'm back in gulag. All right. And this next oh, one here is just man. a rhyming poem. I Had to do a bit of research on this, but this is my favorite one. This is an A, B, A, B. I did way too. I looked up a fucking master class okay. course on this, honestly. This is sad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so A, B, A rhyme. Uh, a rhymes with A, naturally B rhymes with B. 10 syllables each line. Mm-hmm. Mongolians, knock down my city wall. Ravaging, savaging my only home. Revenge, a temporary friend to all. I pull it out, my meat sword. Suck my dome. <laughs>
0: Dude, bravo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, bravo! Oh uh, god. Do we, man? I feel like from now on we should include a poetry corner. Hey, I'm down. Segment in our episodes. This is, that was so good. Thank you, thank you. Uh,
1: I, I enjoy actually writing, and I tend to go into like just stupid shit. Like I realize that my humor is honestly that of like a 12 year old, but hey,
0: <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. So good. So good. You've you've definitely inspired me to to play this game now. Oh, that was so. That was what I wanted to ask you though. Do you feel like, do you feel like the story is pulling you forward, or is it like, is it more the story that's pulling you forward, or just the fact that there are things to do that are fun enough to do them? No, that I, I
1: actually love the the story itself too. But like the side <laughs> missions are also super fun and so like i'm enjoying like if i don't want to progress too far because like the one of the challenges with some of these games like you don't really know when it's going to eliminate your ability to go back and do those side missions because right. like, sometimes that does happen turns out in this game that's not the case you can actually still go through at least where i'm oh, at nice. currently like i'm able to go back and i realized i got to act two and i was like shit like i i had like six or i don't know somewhere between like six and 10 missions that I still wanted to to knock out and I can still go back and do this, which I'm hyped about, but the cool. story itself is really good.
0: Okay. That was, um, I couldn't get a good sense with like from, from other coverage of it without talking to somebody that had played it. And I don't know anybody else that's played it, but like, I couldn't get a good sense of if it like had a legit good story to it or if it was just a pretty game with lots of stuff to do. Um, because it was originally sounding to me like sort of a a more detailed Assassin's Creed. Because um, they've kind of gone to that open world style. Uh, and it sounds like it might just be a better Assassin's Creed. I,
1: I think so. I, that sounds dismissive. Yeah, but like, it, I mean, they're I just mean different. Complimented- they're, uh, they're definitely similar. Like, without a doubt, if you played Assassin's Creed and then you played Ghost of Tsushima, you, you would see the crossover. But... um it, it's just a little bit different. As far as like the, the full story, I haven't even finished it, so I don't know entirely. But like up to this point, I think everything makes sense. I don't even know. And honestly, I, I cool. wanted to look this up before we started talking about it. There might be different endings to Ghost of Tsushima. And I should probably oh. fact-check myself before I start spewing out a bunch of stuff that may or may not be true. But then again, we were talking <laughs> about aliens before, so we're going to go with it. Let's see. Ghost. Okay. But yeah, so... That's been like my go-to game as of late. Stop playing uh, Warzone for the most part, but I will get back into that. Um, Every time I go into multiplayer, I'm playing with the shield and scythe or knife mix. I've just been really enjoying double speed and just taking out people there. Like when shipment was a map and multiplayer, I think my highest kill game with, with the shield and the knife was 45 kills. Like literally just running around throwing smoke grenades and causing chaos on the map. Like people, I created that challenge that of like how like many so swears can fun. you get probably because of that game. Like people were getting <laughs> so mad when I would run through the middle of smoke and just start slicing everybody up. Like I got I probably, and this isn't an exaggeration, probably about five different quad kills that game. And a couple of them oh, were wow. like six plus kills. Like I just was running through crowds on shipment. But that's a smaller map. <laughs> it allows you to do that. Um that's amazing. We have one other thing on here, but I'm gonna save it. We do want to chat a bit about Wonder Woman 1984. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna excited hold on to, to that one that. for now.
0: All right. Okay, so um for me, I played D again uh this week. And this session um actually I think we played two sessions since we talked last because we played midweek last week uh, before we went. We went to the beach house, um, which is where I, I spent Christmas with. <laughs> I I realized we talked about that before we started recording. So I'm like, before we went to the beach house, everybody's like, wait, what? Wait, what? Uh, we went. My wife and I, and her brother, uh, and his wife, and my wife's parents. We went to a beach house uh, for Christmas, and that was. Different. I've I've never done that before. I'm from the north. I'm used to snow. (laughs) North Carolina doesn't have snow. Rarely ever. Uh (laughs) it is a little depressing. And um, but you know, if I can't have snow on Christmas, then I guess a beach uh is a decent substitute. Um and it was Loki's first time at a beach, so it was adorable to see him like play in the sand. I
1: I know who Loki is, but who
0: for the people Oh (laughs) yeah, that's true. Listeners don't know about my Loki's my dog. Um and he embodies the name perfectly. Uh, he, he was so messy after his day at the beach, but he loved it. Um, so it was adorable. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. But anyway, before we went to the beach house, we played D&D midweek. And then we just played yesterday on Sunday. Uh, so the midweek session, we fought uh, a shadow dragon, which uh, long story short, can sort of like dissipate into the shadows and like completely hide itself pretty much. And also apparently. Yeah. And then also apparently consumes souls when he kills people. So in D and D like some other role-playing games, like you can bring, like if somebody quote unquote dies, sometimes they're just knocked unconscious or incapacitated and then you can like revive and heal them. Um, With this shadow dragon though, uh, not the case. Like, when somebody dies, he consumes their soul, and they're gone. So it's like you're resetting
1: Um, your entire game.
0: Yeah, essentially, like, if if you die... Like, if you're playing a character and you die in D&D, and and you're not revivable, like, there's no chance your character's coming back, you just have to roll up a new character and join the party at some point during the narrative um, with a new character. So, But that character's, you know, done, gone. So... Uh, we were sh- we were fighting this thing and our bard, um, our halfling bard, ran up on it for some reason and decided to get real close quarters with this thing because it was dark. We could, None of us could see. And he was like, well, if I'm like standing right next to it, I have a much better chance of hitting it. So he ran up on it, got close quarters. It killed him, <laughs> consumed his soul, and he was gone. And our DM, our, our dungeon master was like, I think that's it for him like there's like he was like out of he came out of character for a second he's like yeah he's not coming back and we were like okay cool so now we're down a party member so we ended up killing it
1: real quick that that reminds me so much of the uh oh no uh, what is that old like movie it's just a bloody rabbit like
0: oh monty python, monty and python. And python.
1: wow i can't believe i Brain yeah. on that one. That is that guy that ran up to the rabbit.
0: Like it's a fucking I can rabbit. Kill it
1: if I get closer, yeah. like it's just a shadow <laughs> dragon. <laughs> like.
0: I try to tell them, but no, they don't listen <laughs> to me. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, we all knew that this thing was dangerous, and but we couldn't see, so like we were all making blind attacks. Like I have a short bow, and so I was just like firing into the darkness in the direction I thought this thing was, and I wasn't hitting because I can't see it. Uh, so all of us were struggling so he was like fuck it like he ran up next to it and he was like if i'm like standing right next to it then i can like slash at it or whatever um and he got killed so all <laughs> right we ended up finally taking this thing out and uh so that was like sort of the end of that was the end of that midweek session and then last night's session um we had to like deal with the aftermath of that and like you know progress our story like our our main quest So we come out of the, like the dungeon where we fought that dragon, we carry his body out and there was a, a friendly centaur in the forest, like right next to it that had helped us and like sort of guided us in. Um, And so we had like our party had like a little like funeral ceremony for our fallen comrade. Um, And I composed and performed a song for our fallen comrade, uh, in our party, he was a bard. And so he had given, at some point, he had given my character a lute, L U T E, which is like an old stringed instrument. Um, and he was like, Yeah, we should like jam together sometime. And I was like, Okay, cool. Um, so since my character had a lute, I was like, I should write a song for our fallen comrade. So I did. I legitimately wrote a song. I like, I messaged our DM and I was like, Hey, is it cool if I write and perform a song? for the funeral. And he was like, dude, that would be so great. So I did. I wrote and performed a song for the funeral. Uh, everybody loved it. Uh, it was called the, our, our fallen comrade was Zinrick and the song was called Zinric's dirge. Um, and yeah, I wrote and performed a song. So that was what I did in D and D this week. So are,
1: are, it was, are we ever going to see that, that song or hear that song?
0: Um, I, should I play it?
1: Well, I mean, like you, you, you post it at the very least. I feel like, it, like, I feel like you like you need the it. flute or the lute, right? Like you need the authentic instrument, right?
0: I mean, I, I just used my guitar. Oh, okay. To do yeah, I don't it, because the it a t- lute t- is <laughs> like it's basically just a it's an old stringed instrument. So I just used my guitar. We didn't record our session. Maybe next time. I have my guitar.
1: Yeah, I see the guitar in the back.
0: Should I just play it? i've got it right next to me as well right i'll play it i'll play it hang on i wasn't i'm like one of those guys at a party i really wasn't planning on doing this open the back (laughs) i don't have anything prepared um no it's just it's here because i did it last i wasn't prepared either yeah (laughs) uh for those of you listening evan has a, a lighter um we really didn't talk about this beforehand okay I don't know how good the sound quality is because um, I just have my I don't have a mic on the guitar and on my voice and my mic get—my uh, mic might get overloaded but I'll Do you want me I'll to, play, like, we'll wave hand
1: signals if it's getting overloaded <laughs> like
0: yeah if it sounds choppy just like tell me to like quiet down like or something simple. a little bit and uh, hang on, I gotta like my chair's got armrests too so it's blocking my guitar alright here we go so the guy's name, the guy's name was Zinrik. Uh, and to give a little context for some of the lyrics, his name was Zinrik and he had already died once before in battle and the party was able to bring him back. This was before I joined, but he had already died once. They brought him back. Uh, but this time he died and we couldn't bring him he's, back. He's dead it. dead. for him. Yeah. So. R.I.P. Zinrik. This
2: is this is Zinric's You're my boy, Zinrik! <laughs> Here we go. Zinric the Risen will rise no more. No stranger to death. Yes, he's been there before. But unlike the axe that missed its goal, the shadow dragon consumed his soul. The reaper took his toll Zinric's memory will live on We'll tell of his feats long after he's gone He fought too bravely but not too wise and then it happened to his surprise. He looked death in the eyes. The shadow dragon achieved his goal. As the dragon's name was Azdaraka. Asdaraka consumed a tiny soul, the reaper took his
1: dude amazing by the way i was gonna say i got serious witcher vibes from that like you know how they start off and he's he plays his little thing in the season one like episode three Oh yeah! like actually uh, guilty pleasure by the way i have listened to that song on repeat like i love that it's song. pretty good but i used
0: that, to i used to walk around my house singing it
1: yeah so good. Um, that reminded me a lot of that. That was legitimately good too. Like I love <laughs> the lyrics to it. Like, oh, do we, uh, it did cut it out a little bit. I feel like the, it's the just, audience it's deserves loud, like, a, a yeah. really good
0: like version of that. I will say, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, yeah, dude, it was, it was really fun that like the idea occurred to me. Uh, and then I like, I, since I'm new to it, like I've literally only played maybe five sessions ever. <clears throat> so I didn't want to like, do something that my DM was not going to be like You know like we don't have time for this So I reached out to him and he like he loved The idea so I was like okay I'll do Dude, it that's um, awesome. so then when, Once I committed to it I was like okay I have to write something legit now and It's it's honestly not hard To get to like achieve Those witcher or Like that type of a vibe with the Song you just write the whole thing in In minor chords that's the, Most, me, most of re- the song is just E minor A minor <laughs> but
1: Hey, I so. thought it was worth it. You don't need to downplay it. It was a good song there.
0: Yeah. Thanks. It was fun. It was fun. So that's, <laughs> that's what I did in D D this week. Th- that whole session was just hundred percent role playing. We didn't do any battle this, this most recent session. It was all about, uh, the funeral for him. And then we traveled to a nearby town on the way we met the new character that that guy created, uh, and is gonna try to join the party and it was oh man that was the other part of this. It was fucking hilarious. It was the hardest I've laughed in a long time um because this guy's new character is a crazy person like a legit crazy person. we so we're like on our way into town and we see this guy on the side of the road who's like digging in a bush and he's got like these like tattered clothes and like twigs in his beard and he's like, he's just crazy looking. So I got off my horse and I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Like, what are you looking for in that bush? And he's like, come here and look and you'll see. So I like cautiously walk up and look in the bush with him and there's nothing there. It's a bush. And he's like, see all the colors. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Sure. I do. Yeah. Crazy needle away. (laughs) Um, and so, like, the rest of the party's like, can we just leave him and not have anything to do with this? And I'm like, hey, are you all right? Like, you seem like you might need some help. Do you need food, shelter, anything? And he's just a crazy, crazy person um now anyway how so much like of
1: that is up to him or like like was that entirely okay so that's just all of it that's pretty it's, the, it's the character hero. it's
0: so <laughs> so funny and then um so he's like already annoying the rest of the party right like none of them want anything to do with him but i'm like me being the bleeding heart like which is also part of my character because i'm sort of a robin hood type like back in my city so i'm like man i just i want to help this person like i i don't feel right leaving him out on the road you know so I'm like okay like we're gonna head into town if you make it there like you know we'll be at this inn like meet us or whatever so he does and he's not been around people at all he's like lived in the woods by himself his whole life he doesn't know what ale is so like we bought him food and ale and he just downed the ale like it was water and puked all over the bartender (laughs) so now he's pissed off the bartender and the rest of the party (laughs) and I'm like I vouched for him so like now I'm on the hook for him so I have to like you know curb his craziness in town and then he went he was like trying to shop for cold weather gear because so our our main quest is that we have to go and take out a dragon um an ice dragon that's like terrorizing the nearby like villages and stuff and so he's got the idea in his head that he wants to climb the mountain and talk to the dragon and that the dragon's gonna help him somehow um because he's a crazy person and so i'm like buddy you can't do that you can't go by yourself to talk to a dragon, but he's set on this. So he was going to go shopping in town for cold weather gear and some mountain climbing stuff with five gold. All he has in the world, like the only currency he has is five gold. And like, you cannot buy all that stuff with five gold. So he was like going to go shopping for all this stuff with not enough money. And it's a terrible plan in the first place.
1: All I need is my North face beanie and I'm good to go.
0: (laughs) So, um, so he like takes off looking for a shop and he he's never been to this town before. So he's just like knocking on random doors being like, hey, do you sell things? And people are like, get out of here. So I <laughs> it was so funny. I'm laughing. Just just remembering. it. So like I followed him and eventually I was like, hey, man, like I'll, I'll go with you. Like, let's just go to the shop and keep you out of trouble. So we go to the shop and then I and then I realized that's when I found out that he only had five gold.
1: Oh, god! but I'm
0: at the shop with him now. So, and we're talking to the shopkeeper and I'm like, you only have five
1: gold. He's like, yeah, but if you get my friend, he'll get five gold too. (laughs) And like, then if he sells to his friend, he'll get five gold. And like,
0: it was almost like that, dude. So the shopkeeper was like, yeah, it's 10 just for the, like the clothing that you
1: Now is the shopkeeper also Um, a character?
0: It's the shopkeeper is is technically like an NPC. So the DM is like playing as the shopkeeper in these situations. Um, so like in, in those situations he'll, he'll play as like the barkeeper, the shopkeeper or like any other like interactions we have. Um, like he would do the centaur, uh, when we did the funeral and stuff. So, so now we're talking to the shopkeeper and like we're in the shop and he's expecting to sell things and this guy only has five gold. So I'm like, Oh my God. Okay, fine. Like if, if we buy the whole set of clothes, like, is there any kind of a discount or anything that we can get? And he was like no, it's full price or whatever. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. So then I cast charm person on the shopkeeper, which means like if I succeed, like he just, he wants to do anything he possibly can to make me happy. So I succeeded. But the downside is he's going to know he was charmed after the spell wears off and he's going to be pissed. So, and I was like, I'm not trying to like rip him off. I just wanted a little bit of a discount. Like I'm buying all this shit for this dude. So anyway, so it worked. So I got him to like give us a discount. I think I ended up spending like a total of 15 gold or something. And we got all this stuff for this guy and we left. So now I'm making waves in this town on behalf of this lunatic. And I like, I still don't know why I'm helping him in the first place. Other than the fact that I feel bad for him. And then the dragon attacks the town and he takes off running towards the dragon just full sprint runs towards the dragon dude he's got north face with, now he's good with yeah apparently with no thought for his safety so then i had to like run after him and tackle him to the ground and make him not go after the dragon otherwise he he would have died he literally his new this guy's new character would have died in that moment if i hadn't <laughs> ran after him and tackled him to the ground and he would have had to make a whole new character anyway so that's where we left off it was I laughed so hard during that session. It was very, very I, funny. I
1: feel like I, I know too little about D and D, but all of this sounds hilarious. And the fact that like, he's just creating this on the go, like that, that's, that's it's, comedic gold though too.
0: It's so. very funny. <laughs> Look at all the colors. And, <laughs> and after, so we wrapped up the session and one of the guys is like, how are you possibly planning on getting your character to join our party? Because <laughs> so far, it's not happening. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I really don't know. I was just wanted to have fun with it. And he was like, if Josh hadn't taken me under his wing, I I, I probably would not have got this far with everyone.
1: So like he legitimately could have just been like ostracized from this group.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he legitimately could have just been like sort of on his own for a while. Like, I'm sure he probably would have met up with us at some point later on. But he legitimately could have just been by himself for a while until the party sort of warmed up until they stopped seeing he, colors. He may still be, I don't know. Like where we left. It was like, we're still in that town. He's still a crazy person. And I'm still the only person that's like on his side a little bit. And he's even starting to wear me down. Like it's exhausting, <laughs> uh, but it's very funny. That's so amazing. he's inspired me the next campaign I play. I want to play like, a, <laughs>
3: <just> a fucking <laughs> um, I
0: yeah, I want to put, well, so like I was actually talking to one of the other guys, like we're going to, we're going to jump into a new campaign after this one. <clears throat> and um so he was like talking about like having like related characters like our backstories relate i was like yeah that'd be cool um so i was talking over some ideas with him and there's like there's a race called satyrs which is like s-a-t-y s-a-t-y-r yeah um it's like half human half goat like the bottom half is goat top half is human um and by nature they're just like very jovial like no boundaries type of creatures So I I think it would be fun to play like a satyr bard that's like super charismatic, but also has no personal space or boundaries or anything like that. So like it's it's the type of person that would just like walk into a tavern. And ordinarily when you do that, like you walk into the barkeep and you're like, I'd like some ale and some food. But like this person would like walk into the bar and like just take stuff off of people's plates and be like, what's up, everybody? And like just start eating off of people's plates and like no personal space, no boundaries or anything. So I think it'd be fun to play that. So I may do that. But um, yeah, I like I I say this all the time, but I cannot believe it took me this long—thirty-four years—to start playing D and D. I love it so much. It's I'm, a lot of. I'm fun.
1: enjoying the the background and the, the <sighs> stories associated with it for sure. <laughs>
0: I'll I'll keep you up to date on our uh, on our adventures for sure. Um, I also played Phasmophobia with a few of the D and D guys after we got done with our session last night. They're pros, dude. Like that game was fun. It's terrifying, but these guys have it down to a science like now I've got tips for if you and I jump back in, we'll be able to like rock and roll. It was pretty good uh, and we got a good scare right towards the end of our session last night. I think it was actually the last the last one we did. Um, it was there's a, so there's new maps available now too there's a high school that's really creepy and we decided to do a candles only uh, investigation. So like no flashlights, you can use like other equipment, but no flashlights. So we just took in candles Um, and you can't see shit with candles. So we're like walking around and this phone rings. And so we're like, okay, let's go towards the phone. Cause then like there's some activity there. And anyway, so this ghost ended up being in this one classroom. We found a Ouija board and it told us it was in this one classroom. So we go to the classroom and we had all the clues we needed. We knew what kind of a ghost it was. But to get more money, we needed to get a photograph of the ghost. So if you need the ghost to, like, show itself, you 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 just have to anger it or something. Um, and so, like, to anger it, you say its name over and over and, like, do other stuff. So we were all – all four of us were in this classroom, all four of us in the same room with our candles – And we're just saying this ghost's name over and over and over again and be like, show us, show yourself or, you know, give us a sign or something. And all of a sudden it fucking shows up, dude. And like you also can't tell when it's hunting, like you can't tell when it's coming because the candle doesn't flicker like the flashlights do. Like when the flashlights start going on and off, you know, it's hunting, you got to hide. But the the candles don't do that. So you can't know like that it's hunting. There's no other indication So it just fucking shows up and starts coming at us like fast. So and there's like this teacher's desk. So we have to like run around the teacher's desk and all of us are like "Ah," screaming like little girls and we're all running out of the classroom. And then three of us were almost out. And it was coming after us. And one of us was like still behind it in the classroom. And for some reason it turned around and left the three of us alone and just killed him. Oh, <laughs> it went back yeah. for him. So we ended up making it out. Um, but it, that was, it was pretty tense. It was was it
1: the so. same guy who played Rydrick in D&D who died? um that would be too damn perfect oh no that it wasn't
0: be- <laughs> it wasn't uh yeah it would have been it would have been perfect but it wasn't the same i was guy. actually watching um, some
1: old extra life footage of phasmophobia <sighs> and there was the moment where some that game's tense yeah dude very like there was this like demon that showed up and took you out but like your character mm-hmm. for a moment aligns with our theme song when it's like twitching and shit like, oh it's really this, like side head headband going and like <laughs> i'm trying to sync it up in such a way that it'll fit with oh, the that's music and like create clips out of that right. But yeah i don't know i thought that was pretty funny i was going through that i'm like yeah i love it that's too perfect
0: all right um yeah oh and i found out that once you get killed you can still mess with the rest of the party you can like throw beer cans at him and stuff what uh and like you can't talk to him anymore if you're using like the game chat but you can still interact with the world a little bit so you can still you can like scare them and stuff once you're dead, which is funny. Um, all right, dude, so here's here's my big this is my biggest actually, let me talk about Jackbox real quick because I have I made a joke and nobody thought it was funny. I'm very disappointed in this. <laughs> and i I need I need to know from you. I'll take if if you say it's not funny, i'll I'll take it to heart, but I need to know from you if it's funny. Okay. It's so we were funny. playing Jackbox Party pack. <clears throat> and thank you and uh we were playing quiplash and so the prompt on quiplash quiplash if you if you don't know is a game where it gives you a prompt and you have to come up with a funny answer to the prompt um and then people vote on what they think is the funniest or best answer uh and then you get points based on how many people vote for you so the prompt was the plot the the big plot twist in the new sisterhood of the traveling pants Mm -hmm. movie is and then you have to give your answer so my answer was that the pants don't have a passport and i thought it was hilarious i was cracking up like i was crying laughing i thought it was very funny
1: it's super funny josh
0: Okay, you it's don't think bad. it's funny.
1: It's, it's not bad. I, I don't want to <laughs> shit on the joke right now because like that's just, no.
0: You don't think it's funny. It's fine. I don't do well
1: when people put jokes. This is the up
0: last and, episode of this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Sister, Tra- okay, so say <clears throat> the sisterhood of the again.
0: traveling pants. It the the big plot twist in the new Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movie is that the pants don't have a passport.
1: See, like when I start th- start thinking through it, like at surface level, like let me background this i like jokes that are deeper than that like you hear it and then like there's new meaning behind it after i'm you sorry
0: it. that my my joke wasn't smart enough for no, no, you no, evan
1: it's me i'm not smart enough to make sense of all of these connections between them <laughs> but like i'll start to like think about it and like oh like wow i completely missed like this this and this like
0: yeah i i was just it was just that they're they're traveling pants i thought it'd be funny if they didn't if they didn't have a passport Well then I could see so interactions of
1: the traveling pants Going to the airport and the TSA is like Do you have your passport? No, no I don't, alright And then when somehow the pants talk movie.
2: and they say no And that's yeah.
1: our Hallmark movie this month
2: Ah oh, man,
0: okay it's fine The joke's not funny, I'll move on <laughs> It's fine, I thought I made one of the funniest jokes In my life, it's a good thing I'm not a stand up comedian He didn't have uh, <laughs> his Passport? Uh, boom, uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, <clears throat> fine. My my wife will be happy to know that you don't think my joke's funny because nobody else thought my joke was
1: funny. Well, I mean, when you go uh, around like that too, hyping it up. I'm sorry, but like, oh, I'm gonna sneeze. Shit.
0: I did. I did build it up too much. I did build up too much. Uh. Okay. So the the game, the game that I want to talk the most about this week. I've already talked a lot about D and D. I've already talked a lot. It's fine. This is a podcast. That's what we do. So I played bug snacks this week. I haven't played much of it before. Now I've played a little bit here and there. Have you heard about this game or do you know anything about this game, Evan? Not at all. Okay. Um, I'm about to tell you about this game and I'm positive that you are going to have a, wait, what the fuck did you just say? Reaction several times during this conversation. Uh, because this is that ki- kind of a game, it's bizarre. It it's like a game that somebody wrote in a fever dream, uh, or on mushrooms, or a combination of the two. I don't know how the human mind produces something this bizarre, but it happened, and I played it. Okay. So, Bug Snacks is a game where uh, it's the world is populated by creatures called Grumpuses. They are vaguely teddy bear like, I guess. They're covered with fur. They're all kinds of different colors. and their shapes vary, but they all have like they all walk up right on two legs. They're you know, they're they're vaguely teddy bear like. And the premise of the game is that you, are a reporter for some big city newspaper <clears throat> and somebody's gone missing on uh, the on Bugs. I think it's Bugsnax Island or Snacks Island or something. And so you have to go invest, investigate on your way to investigate. You get caught like in your it's it's like this ship with a, a hot air balloon attached to it or something. Everything's bizarre about this game. But on your way there, you get caught in a storm, a pizza, a sentient pizza Flies by you, okay. Following. You crash, like in the intro to this game. They're like hitting you with the with the craziness early. You crash, and then you come up on a another Grumpus laying in this in this little alcove by where your ship crashed, and he's talking about how he's about to starve and die. He's literally saying things like, "I think I'm about to die. I'm starving." I, I haven't had anything to eat. I'm probably going to die.
1: But this is the sentient pizza.
0: No, that's not the sentient. The sentient pizza is gone. Oh, okay, okay. It flew away. So this this is Grumpus. another. This is another Grumpus. So your first thing. The first thing you have to do is catch some bug snacks for him to eat. Bug snacks are sentient. Food items. I was going to say fruits and vegetables, but it's not just fruits and vegetables. Um, so it'll be things like the straw, they call them strawbies. There's strawberries and it's like a little strawberry that runs around on its leaf legs. Um, and so it's, it's sort of a puzzle game because the way you catch these things is going to be different. They have different habits and, and behaviors. And so you have to figure out how to catch these things. Um, and you can scan them on like a little camera thing that you get eventually. So you have to catch some bug snacks for him to eat so that he doesn't die and starve. Uh, but the weird thing about when characters eat bug snacks is that their body parts turn into the bug snacks that they ate. So like his hand turned into a strawberry, and like, I can't remember what else I fed him, but so that's alarming, right? Like if you eat something and your limb is replaced, like I just had pizza before we jumped on here. If I, if I ate pizza, and my hand was replaced by a slice of pizza, I would be very alarmed and it takes a afraid
1: whole new meaning to you are what you eat
0: they literally say that at the end of the game that, they that literally phrase. say that yes, they say it in Latin it's it's a whole thing. I'll get to it because there's a re- reason that it's in Latin too anyway so these these characters' limbs and body parts are turning into the things that they eat, but they love it. It's their favorite thing. Apparently, eating bug snacks is the most euphoric thing in the whole world. They love it when their limbs turn into bug snacks. They can't get enough of it. One literally asks you to transform their entire body into bug snacks. So you have to keep feeding her bug snack after bug snack after bug snack until her whole body is bug snacks. Uh, They love it. So that's what's happening on this island. People are eating these things and they're turning into these things and there's sentient food on the island called bug snacks and it's craziness all right so looking at this game from the surface before i had really played it too much i was like it's a it's a weird game like it's super niche i don't really understand what's going on but like it should be fun getting into the game it's dark and complex and deep and like way i feel stupid talking about this game like this but it's way deeper it looks like it would be. So one of the things about the, the story of this game is that the narrative constantly chooses the most morose path and like goes hard on that. So in interactions where you're talking to characters and like you'll complete a quest line, right? And their whole quest line will be something like, Um I need to investigate what happened to my grandma. Like my grandmother was a great adventurer and like I'm, I'm trying to like investigate like, what she did on her last adventure so you're like following all these breadcrumbs and like it it generally involves you going out and and catching bug snacks and like bringing them back to this person and feeding them to them and then their body parts turn into bug snacks and it's a whole thing but like there's a story to the quest so like at the end of this one quest where you're trying to find out what happened to this lady's grandmother you find out that her grandmother fucking died on the side of a mountain oh no, no 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 there's a skeleton okay so you find a campsite and there's a skeleton there and then she's like can't be my grandmother because like some identifying mark or whatever she's like i guess i'll never know what happened to my grandmother and that's really sad and there's like no resolution that's that's it that's all that's the last thing in that quest line and you're like okay then i guess that's all i guess you'll just never know what happened to a loved one and that's it
1: welcome to and she's like all right philosophy I might bring this back into religion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so she's like, "All right, well, I'm going to go back to town and like live with the pain of not knowing what happened to my grandmother." And you're like, "Okay, all right, see ya And then you're and then you're free to just do whatever else. Like that's all of that. Sweep it under the rug. Don't worry
1: about it. There's some really good psychological bits in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot of this, dude. There's like there's there's side quests about people. not understanding why they can't like make friends and like they're, they feel like, uh, like outcasts. And then like you, like you finish the story like this, this game constantly goes up to the line of like, and the moral of the story is, <laughs> but then it doesn't, it like gets right to the precipice. And then it's just like, and done. Like grab this person dead. is miserable. Nothing We're done to resolve. <laughs> so it just, it's constantly like life is shit and next you know so it's like okay super it's a super 2020 game i like it all right like i can still like there's some kind of a weird quirky charm in that um but then where it gets like really really deep i started to see like a pattern in these side quests and like this is all optional stuff i could have ended the game in probably half the time it took me to to finish it but i wanted to like see what all the side stuff was so this game hits a few philosophical and psychoanalytical analytical themes that i i don't know for sure if the devs were going for this. but these are things that are that turn up in psychoanalysis and philosophy anyway, like just broadly. So maybe they were maybe they weren't going for these. but these are a few that I picked up on. The big other, which is the idea that there is some entity that does have all the answers and is whole and complete that doesn't have doubts or conflicts or anything. so it's it's like the idea, it's honestly kind of the idea of when you go to a psycho a psychoanalyst or a therapist like oftentimes when you go to that person you're going in thinking this person has all the answers I I'm going to get help this person will know exactly what to do and how to help me and I'll be better afterwards like and we need to believe that for the therapist or the psychoanalyst to help us at some point the therapist or psychoanalyst has to um, has to do, I can't remember what it's called because that, that portion, the first portion of it is called transference. Like you have to, you have to sort of like believe that that person is going to be able to take on all your problems and help you fix them. And they have all the answers and like, they, they know everything and they know way more than you. And then at some point, the therapist or psychoanalyst has to start showing you their flaws so that you start realizing they're a person just like me. And, they like, they don't have anything else to offer me. And then you stop seeing that therapist or psychoanalyst. And in your mind, you may think, I can't believe I wasted so much time on this person. But in reality, it's, it's their way of sort of like weaning you off and being like, you, I have helped you like all I can, you know, and, and you're done. Yeah, kind of. <clears throat> so it, the game constantly hits on this idea of the big other, because there, so there's like a conspiracy theorist in the town that is convinced that something called the Grumpanati exists that are like <laughs> working <laughs> that are working behind the scenes and like pulling strings and they have all these secrets. <clears throat> and then there's a few other characters that um so the, the person that you're looking for is sort of like this town, this little like island towns hero. And everybody's like, I'm sure once you find uh once you find Elizabeth She'll she'll be able to help you like figure things out and like she'll she'll know what's going on so like the game's constantly doing this big other thing like all of these characters have this idea of the big other that just has all the answers then it it hits on it hits frequently on um, what's often called the capitalism of certainty or uh, Peter Rollins um, a guy whose work I love calls it the tyranny of certainty which is basically like the anxiety and lack of freedom that comes with like a need for certainty or a, like a clinging to certainty and the lack of fulfillment that that can bring to. So on the other side of it, like John Paul Sartre, um, and I think Zizek and some others cover this in their work, but like, there's this idea that true joy, happiness and fulfillment comes on the other side of a, a, a need for certainty. So once you've, once you've come to understand that, There will never be certainty. Nothing in life is certain. Life is chaos. There's no, you know, in, in like a nihilist mind, like, like these guys, there's no rhyme or reason. Like you just have to, you just have to live in whatever moment you're in, make the best choice possible and sort of flow with things like that's where fulfillment happens. That's where joy and, and freedom is. So that's like on the other side of this though, but there's like this anxiety and constant lack that comes from needing certainty because you're never going to get it. So it's always like in front of you, which is why they call it like the capitalism of certainty. There's this like capitalist idea that like, if I could just have this, I'm good. And then once you get it you're like, fuck that didn't do it. But like, I bet you if I did this or got that, like that would be it. So you're always like trying to attain it and it's never happening. And you're always trying to attain certainty. And there's, it comes with like a constant state of lack and you just, you feel like shit always. So it's constantly hitting on that too, which kind of relates to the big other thing because there's this idea that like once you find this person, you'll have all the answers. Everything will go back to normal. It'll be fine. But things are very obviously like throughout the game, things are very very obviously not fine. They're finding somebody is not going to make things fine. Things are falling apart. Um, and then it hits on this idea of in psychoanalysis, it's called castration. Um, and it's not what you would immediately think of when you hear that word, but the, the idea is similar and it's, it's the, it's the idea of being separated from the whole and becoming a subject. So like, uh, like when an infant is born, there's, there's a point at which I can't remember what it's called for infant, like the infant psychology, but like there's a point at which an infant starts to realize it is a subject and it is not part of the whole there's like the whole there's like the universe and there's everything that exists and in an infant's mind in a baby's mind it's just part of all that like it and everything else is the same it's not separate and then at some point the human brain develops to a point where it's like oh i am separate from the rest of the world and there's like a, a sense of loss like a deep sense of loss that comes from that when you realize you are a subject and not just part of a greater whole um And so that like that for, for the human psyche is called castration where you're like separated from the whole and you are a subject and there's, there's a deep sense of loss and otherness and aloneness that comes from being a subject. It's what being is for humans, it's existence, it's consciousness Um, and knowing that you are not like you and I are not the same person. Like we are separate people. And, and then you, you do have things like, uh, uh, Buddhism and, and some, like some ways of being that try to connect back to like, you are part of a larger thing, but the human psyche is always aware that it's separate from everything else. So like there's, there's this idea that from a few of the characters where they have not gone through, um, and, and people that don't go through this process, uh, are often, um psychotic in nature like clinically psychotic um and so there are a few characters that are psychotic like in the clinical sense in this game and they don't they they haven't gone through that moment where the, like the castration of the human psyche has happened and they are, they have not become a subject so they're still like in that um it relates to the Oedipus complex too where like uh like Freud talks about it a lot like all Freud ever talked about really was like wanting to have sex with your mom, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's like this idea that like, you're like, you're not separated from the mother, like the life giver, like the, the, uh, maternal part of nature or whatever. Um, and there's a few characters that just have not gone through that. And so they're like, it's, it's unnerving and like unsettling to talk to these characters in this game. So I, I feel like the way they hit on these themes, they have to be doing it on purpose. And the whole game, I was like, okay, they have to be building to something. They have to be, like, about to hit on something, and they don't. Like, the game never... It it hits on all of these themes, like, pretty overtly, If if you're looking for it, pretty overtly. But then it doesn't do anything with it. Like, it doesn't... There's no lesson. There's no, like, payoff for hitting any of this stuff. It seems like an exercise in... Uh, Immersion therapy for people that Have like a manic need for Resolution
1: Because there's just not any Anybody that plays this game
0: Yeah like I can't I I never would have thought this Before I started playing this game but I can't stop thinking about This game because I'm like what the Fuck what what was it trying To say and I feel like I'm like I can Almost get it but I, I can't understand It and maybe that's Their point maybe they're like not everything means something and you should just live with that. So that might be the case. Oh, and then the last one, sorry, the last one is the death of God moment, which I think we talked about on this podcast. Definitely. I've talked about it on my other podcast, but it's, it's the paradigm shifting moment where you've like learned something that you can never unlearn. It's, it changes, it changes everything for you. Um, and it's, it's called the death of God moment because it's, it's for people that are like deconstructing from faith. um, it's, it's sort of that moment where, you know, in a, in a sort of like um, metaphorical sense, like God is dead, like God dies, like that, that whatever that represents to you is gone. Um, It it has to do with like the certainty thing and and the rest of it too. They all kind of interconnect, but the death of God moment is, is usually, it's just that paradigm shifting moment where you've learned something or seen something that you can't unsee in it. It completely changes how you think about everything from that point on um and there's a lot of that too in it but anyway so it hits on all these themes a lot and then it just doesn't doesn't do anything with it other than just presenting you with these quandaries and situations and then
1: that's it so so out of but all I did of this, finish it you did finish it would you recommend it
0: i would i didn't, didn't think i would recommend this game at either. all
1: at like any moment throughout i know the entire i
0: know i <laughs> know it's bizarre i i think i think just for the bizarreness of this game i would recommend it there's like boss fights in it too um yeah it sounds like your own a puzzle brain game.
1: like here's a paradigm yeah, shifting of. moment we're gonna introduce and yeah. you won't actually feel like you accomplished anything when, when and you're you done. won't
0: feel any resolution no, there's no, no yeah uh there's no like feel good yeah um but i did finish it i i would recommend it if if for just the experience of how bizarre it is because it is bizarre but
1: oh boy yeah yeah
2: i don't know that that so sounds that like game.
1: a game that i will be avoiding
2: it's free on ps ps plus
0: i think um or at least it was now i get to pay for my psychoanalysis so, okay it might it might still be free i can't i can't remember but uh yeah, so, and I, I, I talked about it for a lot longer than I was intending to, but there's just there's a lot happening in this game, uh, yeah, but um, let's talk about Wonder Woman, <laughs> Evan. <laughs> Not a game, but we both I just watched it today. Uh, you watched it, and you have you have some thoughts, uh, uh, and I'm excited to talk
1: about it. A big Christmas gift wrap of meh, just lackluster all the way around. I I don't know. I really didn't think it was that great and it's not the shit on all of Wonder Woman. I thought it was the first one was good. Um this one I just I could not get into it. Like it literally felt like I paid for a roller coaster ride and that roller coaster had zero like drops or anything. Like it was just <laughs> like that sound effect that you make before a loot drop or not loot drop, uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, except it's just vroom vroom. the entire time. <laughs> like, there's no rise, there's no fall. It's just like, okay, we're we're watching it's, another scene.
0: It's just happening. It's just
1: yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm just an observer of a bunch of different scenes. Being edited together so i don't know i mean interesting take what you want like i'm not a movie critic by any means i thought it was like mm-hmm. is it worth watching sure like maybe you're not going to be as uh disappointed and i hope that's not the case but it's uh just interesting. not really i'm not a fan like wonder woman was one of those marvel movies i actually felt like was like oh like marvel is did i say marvel dc DC, DC is like yeah. one of like it. it's one of those movies that like actually saves it a little bit like Aquaman dog shit mm-hmm. uh every mm-hmm. other one dog shit like Man of Steel not great like Wonder Woman was like oh this is like actually decent and they seem to have found the formula to movie success but then they came out with 1984 and apparently are coming out with a third one too and so maybe yeah. that's where the climax of this movie is supposed
0: to be yeah uh yeah, nothing against Patty Jenkins uh the director and I think I think writer, I could be wrong about that. Uh cuz she's done she's done some some good stuff in the past. I think she's worked on Star Wars in some capacity in the past as well. But yeah, I I'm not a huge fan of this movie either. I didn't love it either. Um and I I think meh is kind of how I felt afterwards. I do have other problems with it, but the whole thing like the plot they set up was sort of predictable. Um, and then the the red, the end of it was sort of predictable, I think. Uh, and then like they do the classic, like, there's a couple threads left un yeah. unresolved. Like something might happen in the future. Um, so I didn't love it either. I I hate this is not a spoiler because he's been in the previews. I hate that they brought what's his face's character back, Steve. I can't remember the actor's name, Chris Pine. I hate that they brought like, there was no, re- it was just it, the only reason he was in this movie is to sell tickets, which they didn't even do really because yeah, it's, it's on virtual. HBO Max. Um, I, I just, he served no purpose. There was no function for his character in this movie. Uh, Really? I mean, like there's the emotional thing that happens with, with, you know, Wonder Woman, Diana, but like, that's really the only purpose that he served in the entire movie. Is to give her like some kind of a conundrum and like a like a reflective moment, but that could have been done any other way. Um and
1: been much shorter, by the way. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. You dragged it too. I long.
0: the the problem I had with this movie, the biggest problem I had with this movie is the same problem I had with the first Wonder Woman, which I thought was much, much better. I liked that movie a lot more than I liked this one. But it's the same problem I have, which is zero personal responsibility on the part of anyone that does anything wrong in this movie zero in the first movie the entire World War one was blamed on the god of war corrupting human minds and it, it like poses this idea that had the god of war not intervened and like started dabbling in human affairs humans would just be hunky-dory doing our thing down here and everything would be fine it was the god of war's fault it wasn't humans fault there was no like responsibility on any human it was this outside all-powerful entity like of course we're gonna fall prey to this because he's an all-powerful entity like I, I hate I hate when movies scapegoat like fictional beings or like take all the responsibility off of humans it's not okay um, and this movie does the same thing. This movie takes all responsibility off of. Um, I'm trying to say, think of how to say this without spoiling it. I guess I just won't say it. It takes all responsibility off of anybody that does anything shitty in this movie, and it it basically scapegoats it on this like mystical other thing. And it's like it's like of course these people did this because how could you not like people were powerless to to not be shitty you know what i mean does that make sense
1: it does yeah i mean uh, this is going to be one of those movies and even as like i watched it maybe 2 days ago like this is going to be a movie i will literally forget every part of it like it was that type of ride it, it is yeah. I, like as and that's not to say it's the not fact fun fact like chris pine i was like fuck i forgot he was in that movie like and i watched this 2 <laughs> days ago like this whole movie yeah. was just vanilla. I literally just watched it this afternoon with no sugar. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to put it. The other problem I have with this movie is the same problem I have with a bunch of other movies. I hate when a movie sets up a plot device and then ignores its own rules. I have two other, I just forgot about my other one. <laughs> I have two other problems with this movie. I hate when a movie, when movies or stories set up plot devices and then ignores its own rules for how that plot device works. So, you know what? I, I, Gonna I am going to get into this. spoilers because I need to talk about this. I don't know. So if you haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984 yeah. yet, skip ahead 10 minutes and we'll be done. 10 minutes is probably more than it's going to take, but just to be safe, I'm going to give you a second to skip ahead. Okay, I'm going to start. So the the whole wish thing, right? Like this stone that grants wishes and then the guys like becomes the stone essentially. So they set it up early on in the story that you get one, you get one wish, and that's all you get. And then it reveals later like there's consequences for your wish, whatever. But it, it sets it up pretty clearly in the beginning. You get one wish, right? And then it even goes on to, to affirm that when he so he because he's now the wish stone, um, and he's like going to people and he's he's getting them to wish things, and then he's taking what's most valuable to them he goes up to a guy in his office and he's like, don't you wish I had an audience with the president today? And he's trying to get the guy to say that he wishes he had an audience with the president today. And the guy's like, Oh, certainly I do. And he's like, wait, did I ask for your wish yesterday? And the guy's like, yeah, a Porsche. And he's like, ah oh, shit. And he like walks away from him cause it doesn't work. Cause he got one wish. But then later in the jet, when he's with Kristen Wick's character, uh, fucking Minerva, I think is her name or something like that. Yeah. um, he's like trying to get her to make another wish and she's already made her wish. And he's like, I'm feeling generous today. What do you want? And she like starts telling him what she wants. And then we get the sense when she's fighting Diana, wonder woman that he granted that wish because she's definitely different than she was on the plane. And I'm like, wait a second. She already made a wish
1: out of cats, the movie. And like, that's movie number three that comes out. Take yeah. script from the worst movie of all time. I haven't even watched it yet, but yeah, she came out straight. Like, I, looking like, like one of the characters from cats, like I was waiting for her to break out into song.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand that. I don't understand what happens and they don't explain it. And they, it seems to ignore its own rules, but also his son didn't unwish his wish and his son made a wish. And according to the rules, you make a wish, and this it takes whatever's most valuable to you. His son didn't unwish his wish, but nothing happened to his son. And the thread that they leave untied is that Kristen Wick's character never unwishes her wish either. You think she dies, but then they show she's alive. Yeah, but that wasn't. I'm assuming real. they're going to do something with that yeah. later. So, but like, so I don't. I just don't like when like you you like you're the ones that wrote the rules for this thing. And then you just ignored them. Like you broke the rules that you set up and, and established like over and over again for us at, and then when it's convenient for the plot, you just broke those rules. I don't understand that. And this is a nitpicky thing, but the other problem I have with this movie is that they make a big deal out of Diana learning to fly in this movie. She like says to Steve when they're in the jet, by the way, Fucking hated the invisible jet. That was the stupidest implementation. They could, they should just left that out of the movie completely. There's no reason to have the invisible jet. It's the most dumb, corny thing Wonder Woman has. Anyway, hardcore fans are going to disagree, but I think it's stupid. So when they're in the jet, she's like, "Steve, I don't, I'll never understand flying," and he's like, "Oh, you just catch air," and like he's like, he goes on this like poetic, you know, thing about flying because he's a pilot and he loves flying. But in the first movie, Evan, and I rewatched the end of it today to verify because I was like, wait a second. She flew in the first movie. Like she was flying at the end of the first movie, and I rewatched it today and she fucking flies when she's fighting. uh, Is it Ares? In the first movie, I can't remember his name, the God of War, whoever it is, the Greek God of War. She flies. So he's like shooting. He shoots lightning bolts at her. She catches them on her little wrist, her cuffs, things and she's like looking at the lightning and then she flies up in the air shoots the lightning back down at him and wipes him out and then she floats like flies back down to the ground but she's fly she flew at the end of that movie
1: maybe she was just gassing. And they make
0: such a big deal out of her not knowing how to she's like swinging around on a rope and like she doesn't know how to fly and I'm like she fucking flew she's already she already did it she already knows how to do it wonder woman flies like in the comics she flies She flew at the end of Wonder Woman. I don't know why we're doing this again.
1: I'm just going to say, but she'd be the type of person that's like, I've never done this before. Like, yeah, you have. (laughs) I fucking did it before. Don't lie to me.
0: Like, I just, I don't like that either. Like, and it's the same director between the two movies. Like, fucking pay attention to your own fucking work and source material. I don't understand. And people are like,
1: (laughs) Patty's that chick.
0: (laughs) Ah. I fucking hate it. And then dude, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And it was like such a big. it was like this big moment when she's like, she like latches onto a plane and she's holding on to it and it like takes her away and then she lets go and then like figures out in the air how to fly. And it's this big, like triumphant moment for her and she's already done it. I hate it. I hate it.
1: I mean, yeah, but. I think that whole movie, as we, we said, just not great. And uh, but you, you point it to it is a more. fun
0: movie, I guess. Like, if you already have HUL Max, you should check it out. Sure, <laughs> I suppose. Just, I, I just don't want to like set your <laughs> <laughs> expectations too high.
1: I, I think we did a good job <laughs>
0: after I just destroyed <laughs> yeah. the whole movie. I'm like, well, you should check it out, you should watch it. Yeah, yeah know, great know movie. To do. Um, so, dude, we need to talk about this later, but I also finished The Mandalorian and I have some thoughts on that too. But we've we've talked about TV and movies way too long already. Uh, didn't like it though. Spoiler alert. So, um, that's wonder woman. Uh, everyone like, like we said, you, you get everything here. You get philosophy, you get, uh, you get science, you get education. Uh, remember the Polish currency is called Zlot keys. We learned that on this, on this podcast. Uh, and you get, you know, current events and pop culture news too. And you get movie reviews. We got so. it all. This is your one-stop shop. Um, all right, Evan. If if we don't have any, <laughs> anything else on, uh, on games we've been playing and Progress Bar, that brings us to Patch Notes. Uh, first up, I'm probably going to get this name wrong, the pronunciation, but Kichiro Toyama is what I'm going with. Um, we talked about him. It might have been in the first episode. Um, as being one of the founders of Boca Game Studio, um, which is a studio formed by a few alumni of Sony Japan, uh, and so they have started their own studio. We saw, um, in that uh, news article, there were some images like uh, concept art images of what they probably were working on. Turns out. That they do have, um, so Kichiro Kei- uh, Toyama is uh, the creator of Silent Hill, um, and he's the co founder of of Boka Game Studio. But it turns out he is working on a new horror game, um, and so that is exciting. Um, he's ex- he said that he experienced or he expects the experience to drop in 2023. This, this story coming from Game Informer. Um, he, uh, he's, he's done some other work as well, but he, he, uh, is known for creating Silent Hill. Um, uh, but the quote from him is that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's currently currently in development and that the action adventure game will quote appeal to fans of my previous work, um, talking about Silent Hill. And then he also added quote, if anything, this will be more of a horror oriented game, but we will focus on making this a broader entertainment experience rather than a hardcore horror game so i don't know what that means uh like a broader entertainment experience uh it's still definitely a game like they're making a game um and we're assuming that it'll be similar to silent hill but i i don't know what a broader entertainment experience means do you think that might mean vr
1: silent hill uh that could be the case but silent hill I'm- as I'm like I don't know why I just thought of it but like wasn't that one of the games that you could play in like arcades and you'd actually have like the like the handguns that you'd aim at the screen um, I think they had a version of that
0: did I they? I could be wrong they they might but have I'm
1: mixing it up so don't take your
0: advice there yet. was some similar stuff too there was like House of the Dead that's was, what was I'm one thinking of, those of. Like Never mind. handgun games Okay, yeah Silent Hill uh, I think the first one was on PS 1 playstation and then it's continued since then there was one on psp a few more on on ps2 and so forth um deeply deeply horrifying and unsettling games uh and i i liked the movies too although they didn't review well but this is exciting to me i'm a big fan of silent hill um silent hill in vr would be crazy resident evil 7 in vr was crazy so i can't imagine what silent hill in vr would be uh because that's like that's a it's silent hill is more of a straight-up horror game than resident evil is resident evil at its core even seven which was much more oriented horror oriented (laughs) (laughs) and focused oriented um yeah uh that was even at its its core it's still a shooter kind of um with like horror elements but silent hills is more of a straight-up horror game so i would be excited to see what this is but they're saying we're not probably going to see it until 2023 so, still a few years off, which I guess is fine. Take your time. Make a good game. Don't crunch. It's all right. We'll allow it. Don't crunch. Crunch kills. Um, next, PS5 will now warn you, Evan, if you're playing a PS4 version of a game when there's a PS5 version available. And you may be thinking, why wouldn't it have done this before? And I would agree. Well, I mean, I... but find this warning
1: completely pointless because I can't get a PS5 because you <laughs> didn't make enough fucking units. So also- yeah, keep warning me because I'm <laughs> trying to get the Burned. system that you didn't seem to make enough also,
0: of. Also a fair yeah. point. Also a fair point. Um, Yeah, and they keep saying like... They, they were saying, you know, we're going to release like one or two more waves before Christmas, and apparently they did, and they got snatched up immediately. Uh, and now they're saying... Um, I, I think they've got maybe one or two more waves coming after the first. Uh, but they're saying bef- it, it may be may before you see them like consistently. Not in even, stock not even source.
1: looking at this point. Like it's at that point where everything is sold out and I, whatever, what am I going to do?
0: Honestly, right now. Yeah. Right now. There's not a lot of reasons to have a PS five, honestly, like from just a like a game perspective. Um, Astro's play Astro's playroom is good, but it'll still be good whenever you can get your hands on a PS5. Miles Morales is good on PS5, but it's also available on PS4. Demon's Souls is amazing. That is a PS5 exclusive, but it'll also be there by the time, you know, PS5s are back in stock. Uh, There's a few other games that are getting like PS5 releases, but there's, there's not that much that's exclusive right now to PS5. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is frustrating that it's not available, but honestly, there's, there's not a, there's not a ton out there right now for it. So, but the games that do have PS five versions available, like I, we might've talked about this already, but people were playing unknowingly playing PS four versions of games, thinking that they had the PS five version, because for some reason it fucking defaults to the PS four version. Even when you've downloaded the PS five version, I literally had the PS five disc for miles Morales and it still launched me into PS four miles morales part
1: of me thinks that they listen to our podcast why why would you do this issued this warning now you know we we talked about this like yeah why would you not default to Mm -hmm. ps5 if i'm on a ps5 yeah play that even this warning seems kind of pointless like why the yeah Yeah. why would i play a ps4 version
0: why not just fix the yeah that's a good point why not just fix the issue instead of patching in a warning? Oh, hey sorry i
1: just wanted to let you know this is a ps4 version (laughs) of this game like Okay.
0: Just want to let you know, our software doesn't work. These are the same people that voted on that survey that
1: says haven't played the game yet. Like, in Cyberpunk, (laughs) like, why are you reviewing anything if you haven't done it? I
0: have an opinion, but I haven't played Yeah,
1: I I guarantee they put the same warning on PS4. I kind of want to buy a PS5 game and just see if it gets the warning. Like, oh, that's cool. I'd love to play the PS5 version. Are you going to link me to a pre-order that I can't get? Because... That seems very typical. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not but hurt about this whole yeah. console it's- release. <laughs> we can tell. Yeah, no, we can I'm tell you've, you've taken it yeah. all in
0: stride. Um. Yeah. This this seems really dumb. It's if this was going to be an issue, it seems like it's dumb that this warning wasn't there in the first place. But it seems dumb to just do this warning instead of fixing the core issue. The because what's strange is Xbox is is already fi- Xbox from the beginning fixed that issue. They so Xbox was talking consistently before release about what they're calling smart delivery, which is the system will it like the system will look at the game and it will recognize what system you're trying to play it on. Like it knows what system is turned on and it says we will fetch and launch the best version of this game. Like the most advanced version of this game based on the system you're playing on. And the game that you're trying to play. So if it's got a better version available, it'll launch the best version of the game possible automatically. They call it smart delivery. I think on Xbox, you can play older versions as well. But like, why would you do that? Why would I hop on a PS5 and play the PS4 version of Miles Morales? It doesn't make sense, uh, at least to default that way. So Xbox has already got this covered. And I don't understand why Sony can't just be like, instead of putting in the effort to ship a patch like this, with a system update why wouldn't you just fix the issue that's launching the old version it doesn't make sense to me i'm not a software developer yeah, either so it may be more complicated
1: like than that, literally but, nothing about any of this but i will still communicate it just seems strange with it and uh it just yeah i mean that that's a, honestly it's one of those things that why <clears throat> why do you even have it like if you bought a new computer and it's like this comes with windows 10 awesome love it like I don't, well, not really, yeah. but like it's Windows 10. Cool. It's the most upgraded version. And then it defaults yeah. to Windows 98. Like warning. Sorry. You're about to enter yeah. Windows, Windows 98. Like, oh, cool. So why the fuck did I buy this new computer?
0: Hey, thanks for telling <laughs> yeah. me. I don't want to do that. Why would you offer that? Like it's I literally so just strange. installed
1: this new software that you warned me about before. And, and yeah. yeah, okay,
0: cool. Yeah,
1: it's very right. very
0: strange, but it's, it's there so now you Check now you conceivably <laughs> won't play now you <laughs> so go go play it uh but at least now you won't you conceivably won't play the old version on accident anymore uh which i guess is a step is
1: uh, meanwhile somebody's out. been playing
0: like um, miles morales and it's like minecraft characters
1: and they're like these are not the graphics i was promised <laughs> they're like what the shit
0: <laughs> shoot your web ps5 sucks um the uh so we we have three more stories here one of them is cd project red and cyberpunk again this but I, it's the I only one the so we're going to save it for the last, last time. uh no well it's confirmed uh. now so it's it's the, it's one of the same things but it's confirmed um but i'm i want to save it. i want to talk about back for blood first did you ever play the left for dead games uh, at
1: all i played the first one a bit. I did like it, but Okay. I did watch the trailer for it's this pretty one. Good. They're they're like they're they're more of that arcade feel for sure. Like it's just mm-hmm. run them, gun 'em, mm-hmm. like type kill as many zombies as possible, yeah. which is cool, but like I don't
0: know. It, yeah, it's just like pure mayhem and like fun yeah. and chaos.
1: Last of Us may have ruined uh, zombie games in a good way. Like it's just like oh shit, like you can write a crazy yeah, storyline behind that's this. True. And it's not the they're two different yeah. games. I I shouldn't even compare the two, but yeah. I I might play.
2: Yeah, but it's true. It's just uh, yeah. Yeah. Cuz like these
0: these zombies just feel less menacing. Right. Like once you've played something like The Last of Us. But um yeah, I so I think we talked about this on uh the episode where we talked about like the the game awards um cuz this was announced there. But Turtle Rock is developing um that's it's the same studio that made the Left for Dead games. Um I I think the issue here is that Valve still owns Left for right. Dead as an IP and so they're making they're sort of making Left for Dead again and it's even got the 4 in the in the title like the same branding and stuff. Uh they're they're getting back to to what they're good at which I think is great. So Turtle Rock is is making a game called Back for Blood. Um but we finally got some some more information on it and release dates and things like that. So um they they even dropped a gameplay trailer um which is what you were kind of alluding to but uh They're saying that it will release on June 22nd, 2021. So we're not very far away. And I love it when studios do this. We just found out about this at the Game Awards, which is December 10th. And uh, we're a couple weeks out from the Game Awards. And they're announcing a June release date for next year, which is, you know, another like six months away. I love it when studios do this. Give us like six months lead up. like. Shut the fuck up about your game until you're actually ready to release it. Give us like a six month. I w- I would love it if if studios did like four months. Like, don't say anything about your game until it's ready to come out. Like, don't stop talking about your game five years in advance or and seven years in advance. It's fucking playable, CDPR,
1: even though it's clearly not. Yeah.
0: Like I love it, and this is a gameplay trailer, so like that's that's gameplay footage, so we can assume that it's in working condition. Um, but I'm I'm excited about this. I'm hesitant to like hype any game up now since the the Cyberpunk debacle, but uh, I I definitely want to check this out. This looks really fun, and it's coming out on everything. So yeah, so that's Back for Blood, June twenty. 25- I I already forgot, June twenty second, twenty twenty one. Um, all right, Evan, let's talk about Cyberpunk again. Yes because we have to, because, because that's the world we live in, but this should be a quick one. So last week we talked about the fact that cyberpunk developer CD project red could be facing a class action lawsuit. And indeed a class action lawsuit has been filed. Now I've seen a lot of comments on social media and other outlets posts about this saying if people are getting refunds there shouldn't be a class action lawsuit like they're making good on it but this is not a consumer class action lawsuit this is a class action lawsuit being filed by investors who in my opinion have every right to file a class action lawsuit because we we talked about this too but CD project CD project red stock fell 29 percent like within days of releasing cyberpunk uh and that equaled, about one billion dollars just for the founders. That was just their loss. Um, so that's not that's not counting like the total loss for all the investors. So um, <clears throat> the lawsuit was filed uh, this this past Thursday as of today's the 28th, this past Thursday um, in California by a New York-based first uh, firm called Rosen Law firm. Um, they said this this story is coming from polygon. Uh, This firm said that it filed the suit on behalf of investors that purchased securities like stock and other uh, other forms of securities between the period of January 16th to December 17th in uh, 2020. So pretty much at any point during that year, almost um, in in the whole of 2020. And then in the lawsuit, lawyers said CD Projekt Red made, quote, false and or misleading statements about cyberpunk 2077, which was released on December 10th for various platforms. Um So uh, according to the suit, what they're saying is that, that the developer didn't disclose enough information that cyberpunk 2077 was buggy and virtually unplayable on base versions of last gen consoles. Um, and specifically it calls out the <coughs> statements regarding the company's claim that the game was, quote complete and playable which we did talk about last week um when that in in fact was not the case um and you know this is this is on top of sony removing it from their store their digital storefront uh sony and xbox both just flat out offering refunds for anybody that bought this game digitally and cd project red also saying that they would offer refunds if you know people couldn't get refunds from the retailer they bought it from so uh this could be bad very, very bad for CD Projekt Red, depending on, you know, if if this class action lawsuit moves forward, if the, the investors win their case um, and the settlement amount. Um, often class action lawsuits don't pay out super well for people that are involved, the plaintiffs, um, but they can be extremely damaging to the companies that they're filed against. Uh, and CD project red already facing, you know, severe losses in its market valuation, uh, after the release of this game, you know, uh, a hefty, sum in a class action lawsuit could be a, a big deal. So, um, but dude, overall, I was thinking about this this week overall, they've, they've just overall squandered every bit of good, goodwill that they had and like prestige that they had from the Witcher three. Like that was, that's the last game that they released. And it was like seven years between the release of that and the release of this game. But they squa like it took them one game to fuck it up. Uh, and so even if even if they don't, you know, if even if this doesn't destroy them, they have a really long road back to being like a reputable developer again
1: they will um, have to acknowledge it. It's weird. There's, there's no chance to come out with like, hey guys, I know we promised yeah. like a pretty badass game. We even got Keen Reeves yet. Yeah, yeah. We promise like this one's going to be different. great.
0: Keen Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's dude. It's really weird. I don't even know what a, another release looks like for them. They're going to be working on this game for a long time. I was thinking about this too. Those poor developers, dude, like the guys in this, in the trenches and, and women in the trenches that are like working on this game that already had to crunch before release. And now they're having to work like through the holidays, essentially to put out patches, big patches that they promised in January and December. And they've already done a few smaller patches, sorry, January and February. Um, Like those, those people are now they, they crunched before the release and now they're crunching after release to fix this goddamn broken game that shouldn't have been released in the first place. I feel so bad for them. I feel really, really bad for them. And I'm glad they're getting their bonus payouts. And what I would hope and pray is that some of them stick around long enough to get their bonus payouts and then find better jobs somewhere else. Because my assumption would also be that if you are a developer that worked on this game and survived, any other development firm would be happy to have you. Like any other developer would be like, yes, come on board. We know that was probably rough. You made it through that. You can do anything like we got a spot for you. I would hope that would be the case.
1: Fingers crossed. <laughs> if you unless you played bug snacks, then it, this optimistic point of view is completely gone.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and then everything is yeah. just meaningless and terrible. Uh yeah. So that's that's our weekly that's our weekly CD project red and cyberpunk talk. Stay uh, tuned. Evan. But I did wanna <laughs> there's definitely gonna be more. I did wanna round this out though with just some like good news. This isn't even necessarily Um, specific to to any video game. But Laura Bailey, who was the voice actor and performer uh, for Abby in The Last of Us Part Two, prolific actor and voice actor in her own right anyway, outside of The Last of Us Two. She's amazing. Um, But she recently gave an interview to Game Informer, uh, and the title of the article is Looking Back with Laura Bailey. And essentially what they did is they interview her. And she's voiced over 500 characters um, across anime, video games, all kinds of things. Um, she's also acted in movies and TV shows. Dude, I didn't know this, but she was in gro- she was a, a regular cast member in Growing Pains in the 80s. Um, the Seavers, like that's where Kirk Cameron got his start. Um, and then he became crazy. Uh, you know, he found Jesus and became crazy. But um, she like she's she's fantastic she's just so so good uh and she gave a she gave an interview to Game Informer and she talked about her favorite roles over the years um and it was really really fun to to read through um she kind of talks about uh her approach to different characters that she's played um and what the experience was playing those characters some of the challenges and um just it's it's really really interesting to see the process and like you know the, the different things that she's done. Uh and it's kind of eye-opening to like look at the different franchises and, and things that she's she's taken on. Um and she's also on a I think we talked about this as well too. She's she's on Critical Role, which is a, a D&D, uh D live stream. Um and yeah, her and um Ashley ellie's ellie's voice actor and performer ashley something wow i'm terrible because i can't remember her name but they're both they're both actually on critical role um which is kind of cool uh and they do like it's really really cool to watch because they do like they really really role play like they do voices and they like voice act their characters um on it. It's really cool. They talk about critical role a, l- a little bit in this, ep- uh, episode, this article as well. So, uh, if you want to check it out, it's from game informer. It's called looking back with Laura Bailey. It was really, really fun. I loved last was part two. She's a wonderful person. Um, I, I and like
1: it's a fun interview. hearing about it's some of the voice actors too, because it, it, to me, it seems like, I hope this isn't an, an ignorant point of view, but like Troy Baker, I feel like was one of these guys too. I, I don't remember what I read about him, but like a number of different voice actors where they kind of hit this moment of like, oh, I'm not going to make it as an actress or an actor. And so I'm going to go into this voice acting career and this feeling of like, oh, it's all lost. Like this is, I'm settling basically. And yet they then like video games become this massive industry and you start to see people that are like Mm -hmm. big actors, mainstream come over to the video game side of things because it's gaining so much popularity. But people that have been voice acting kind of like have a, a leg up in a sense like uh, you mentioned troy baker wanted to be a musician or like if he didn't get into this mm-hmm. he would have become a musician or would have pursued that instead um the voice actor of the simpsons bart or bart simpson like she's got her own master class oh, yeah. and like there was a bit of history talking about exactly that where she like didn't expect to like you know, win Emmys, I believe is, is what one of the awards is that she got as like a voice actor, like one highly awarded person, her personality, but kind of like thought she was throwing her career away by becoming a voice actor or actress. I I just, I I love, I love seeing that. Like you think that it's the end. And meanwhile, it's like, here's this whole other thing brewing behind the scenes. And like all of that kind of led to this thing where, sure, like maybe it wasn't what you had initially anticipated, but because you continue to pursue something related to it, like it ultimately created a, a bigger thing.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy to, to your point, like getting into video games or voice acting or like performance for video games 10 years ago was probably a risky proposition, right? Like, and they were pretty, video games were pretty good 10 years ago even. So were commercials um,
1: too. Like come on, if you saw an actor in a yeah, commercial, yeah, you'd yeah. have been like, ah, like their career's over. But now it's like, no, nah, yep. you're just making a yep. bank. Like, fuck it. I'll do as yeah, many Capital One commercials,
0: commercials like as you want. Like, <laughs> dude, fucking uh I was just thinking about this too. I think it was George Clooney did a fucking beer commercial and I'm like, George Clooney is doing beer commercials? Like what does he, he need does that money a tequila for? tequila company. But like it's been a tequila. Cuz if uh, that's the case, that would make sense. Maybe. I feel like it was beer. Okay. I feel like it was beer, but it could have been tequila. Um, But like, yeah, stuff like that. Like now you're like, oh, they're like, now you know that they're like a well-respected actor and that company just paid so much money to have that actor in that commercial. Like that is an offer they could not turn down, you know, like they're fucking killing it. But yeah, 10 years ago, that was not the case. And like doubly. So maybe with video games where like, you're like, oh, 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 okay. Like that's kind of where careers go to die. But they've become this incredible. like, again, I, I feel like we talk about the last of us part two so much on this podcast, but like that, it was like a masterclass in, in animation and storytelling and performance. And we've seen amazing performances before that. I mean, last of us part one was, was like this. And like, um, The Uncharted, some of the Uncharted games, like Nolan North's performance in Uncharted is fantastic. And I remember watching a video of Nolan North and I can't remember the the actress that was playing opposite him in the scene, but there was a video of them practicing the scene. They weren't even doing the mocap or actual performance, they were just like going over the scene and, and practicing it. And just watching them rehearse was incredibly moving like they it's so talented and nolan north ashley johnson troy baker um, um um uh fucking why can't i think of words today laura bailey like all of these all of these people we're, we're talking about right now could all be and are you know actors in their own right in other things other than mm-hmm. video games um and they're incredibly talented but like the the other awesome thing about this is that you can be a voice actor and play so many different characters like Troy Baker has been so many different people in video games Nolan North Laura Bailey Ashley Johnson all of them and you can get roles that you would not get otherwise if it was like a movie right. or a TV show like you may just not have the look or the body type or whatever else like you need to have for that role but you can in video games and, and other media like this like voice acting is is an entirely different avenue um and while some of these characters that they played sort of look like them in real life, others don't oh, yeah. at all, uh, but it still works. So it's really cool. It's just really cool to see how how far they've come. Um, and yeah, Laura Bailey, like I said, she's she's a super interesting person. She's a, seems like a very, very nice individual. Uh, her acceptance speech at the Game Awards was really it was it seemed really genuine and touching. Um, and it was it was a good interview. Uh, so I highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, that's what we've got for patch notes, Evan, which brings us to loot drop. Should I go the opposite way? Versus
1: yeah. Or do we go with the the Wonder Woman?
0: Okay. Yeah, I like that. We'll just call it, we'll just call it the Wonder Woman from um that's kind of that's kind of how we feel about the loot drop i feel like this week because there's not much going <laughs> Damn, on And we got hitman january 20th
1: 2021 all right final it's boss a-
0: <laughs> hitman 3 <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it uh hitman 3 i did we talked about it last week i'm excited about it it's it's the biggest release that's coming up between now and end of january we're kind of in the lull at the end of the year so check out hitman 3 or don't i don't want to hype up games we don't give a anymore. shit Check it out or not, who cares? Follow our podcast. I'm excited about it, but yeah, don't, don't pre-order it, but maybe just, you know, check out some reviews or something when it comes out. i like, I, I I apologize.
1: I'm cutting you off, but I also apologize because I'm looking over at my audio file and when I'm shouting, like I'm shouting and like I turned my gain up a little bit. So I feel like there's been moments where I'm like, it's literally just white noise in your ear.
0: It, it hasn't okay. bothered me. Great! But if, if it sounds weird <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna yell for the rest of the episode. Um if it comes out weird in the audio, I can always I can always bring it down in the audio too. Uh in post. So that's the magic of editing. We're good. We're it's all good. Um yeah, I I don't I don't I just I'm so gun shy now with, with what happened with Cyberpunk. I don't wanna hype up games too much. So
1: Yeah.
0: Hitman three might be good. Um, Tell And it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming out january 20th 2021 don't pre-order it but Where it might your, be good we'll dude, see
1: you know what we're never gonna get a job for after this podcast is selling other games like yeah snacks you, you just murdered that game like that game has zero reputation
0: yeah. De- developers are gonna hit us up left and right to advertise their games from now on uh, yeah, we've pretty much killed our chances of getting a hold of any PR teams at any developers yeah, let, from let me here see on your out. Like, we're work never going to get how You highlighted
1: some other games. Great. Let me send you a few clips. <laughs> Enter bug
0: snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't pre order this. <laughs> I hated my life. <laughs> snacks was morose and sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Okay. Um, here are your review codes <laughs> that you can use never uh, if you pay for them. Um, yeah so that's loot drop uh and that brings us to final boss
1: (laughs) that's a good one though that's a good one yeah
0: all right um so any takeaways evan from our conversations this week before we get into quests which i'm also excited Uh, about
1: yeah we kind of alluded to it i'm never playing
0: bug snacks (laughs) um i i should say yeah if you are uh if you are a person suffering from depression, which is not, that's not a funny thing. That's a real thing. And I, no, I, we're in Loopas. That's hilarious. If you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the evil part of the episode. Uh, yeah, probably if you, if you suffer from depression or if you, if you tend that way, probably don't play snacks. I don't recommend it, uh, because it's not a yeah, happy game. Or maybe snacks sure. puts a warning. On. It's that's funny no at problem. points, but it's not happy. So, oh, okay. um, I think, I think for me, I get really thrilled. Um, this is going to come up too when we talk about the Last of Us Part Two, but I get thrilled when I see multiple layers in video games. Video games are becoming less like just straight up mindless entertainment and much more thoughtful, uh, as evidenced by games like the Last of Us Part Two, and crazy enough as evidenced by the bu- buck snacks. Like that game is a very thoughtful game. It, it dives into themes that most games don't touch with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> it doesn't do anything with them that I, I would like to see. Yeah, I would like to why. see, but it still dives into them. Um, And most games wouldn't do that. And I, I love that video games now and other, honestly, like a lot of other forms of media are becoming like so multi-layered and thoughtful uh, and just more, I, I think thoughtful is the perfect word for it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of dive into some of the themes um, in the last of us part two, because that game got a lot of hate and um, I understand why people wouldn't like it, but I also have thoughts about why people don't like that game um, and what the developers are going for versus what people were expecting or wanted out of that game. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with, I'm trying not to go too far into it, but like it I'll, I'll tease it out. Cause I definitely want to talk about this on that, on that discussion, but it, I think it has a lot to do with spir- spiral dynamics, which is like different levels of uh, the human, like psyche development um, and evolution. So I, I think it has a lot to do with what people were expecting versus what the developer was going for. Uh, and I think they nailed it and people just, didn't necessarily yeah want that i from, mean i think there's so, a lot of yeah.
1: even like surface level things related to it that people would immediately react to like we're in a very reactive culture yeah right now especially yeah yeah, yeah. and like it, you'd see some parts in that game that people would immediately just be like oh i can't deal with this and i, I don't want to spoil it quite yet yeah. but we'll we'll get into that
0: yeah other, yeah, other sure.
1: takeaways um, not to interrupt your others but uh I want to hear more no, no, of no, the D songs. Like, I feel like we got something there. Like, I'll I'll help with some of the poetry and the haikus <laughs> right. interlude like intertwined within cool. your your D and D songs. And maybe you could just like hit up your uh, your what is it your DM and uh, just be like, yo, I got this hot beat. Yeah. I'm gonna drop it for you. Like, I've been working on it <laughs> on the casual sweats on the side.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I well, so it's funny you say that because I, like I got done playing that song in this last session, and everybody's like, okay a hundred percent next campaign you have to play a bard you have to uh and i i kind of was already thinking that because like the the other thing that appeals to me about playing a bard is that bards are like the like kind of like happy-go-lucky like freewheeling like very social charismatic like um very like flirty very like um yeah, I, I think I think that just kind of describes it. But like they're they're very like what you would expect a traveling bard to be like Josh, back that, in the that day. Is you know, your
1: calling in D D, you tickle the ghost. What? Well, like,
0: no. like that's flirty. So I did shit tickle right a there. ghost. Like <laughs> it, it is flirty. But like I what's appealing to me is like I'm I'm not I'm an introvert by nature. I'm not. I am not that person. I I can try to be, and I can even fake it pretty well at times, but. I think I just think it'd be fun to role play somebody that has like zero inhibition. I, I think it'd be so much fun, this, um, and you get to like I, I write think songs. That there's, there's something
1: so. to unbox here in like a good way. Like, does it bring yeah. value to your life? Yeah, I get to play this no fucks it does. character yeah. that goes up and tickles ghosts.
0: Yeah.
1: Well,
3: yeah, keep and playing.
0: and flirts with every single yeah. person he encounters. Doesn't matter what gender. <laughs> doesn't matter what I don't race. Give yeah i'll i'll flirt <laughs> yeah. the hell out of anybody um so yeah i'm excited to, to try it out so the next campaign i, th- I think i am definitely going to play a bard uh but i i would definitely be interested in even as a rogue in the current campaign um trying to compose a, a song here or there uh given certain situations oh i had this other idea um for the so for the bard for the next campaign i was thinking so like in order to fulfill one of your roles as a bard, you're tra- like you inspire the rest of the party and then they get like stat buffs and things like that from your inspiration. But in order to do it, you have to either give it like an impassioned speech or you have to play a song or something like that. Like there's there's like a performance component to it, which is the whole point. So I was thinking when I play the bard for the next campaign, I could write some original music, but I could also dive into like covers Acoustic covers of modern day songs and try to like age them for like the setting that D&D is in a little bit uh, and f- like find situations where covers of certain songs would work and just play those instead. I think it'd be cool to like insert some like modern that. music and like age it a little it's bit it's not super modern um,
1: because well i don't know what we're going to consider super modern but if D takes place in like medieval times is that accurate even though there's like ghosts and elves
0: yeah that's that's more or less the setting yeah. how
1: about playing a little bit of uh i don't know why <laughs> third eye blinds jumper came to mind i wish you'd step away from that Ooh, ghost my friend
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah dude oh that's a perfect that's a perfect idea like i could i could both cover songs as they are, <clears throat> but then like change songs and just like change yeah. some lyrics around and like age the sound of it a little bit and sing covers of, like parodies, like weird style parodies, <laughs> dude that. Okay. I think I'm going to do it. That sounds really fun. All right. Um, all right, man, let's talk about quests. Um, so here I'll, I'll give you mine. And I, I think you've got a, uh, maybe a couple ideas here. We'll see, but like, uh, we've talked A lot about my inability or not inability, but my um, my anxiety about finishing games for some reason. And I I think a lot of it is just I don't want it to be over. And because I love it so much. So I I am going to commit. This is kind of a resolution, but also a quest, an ongoing quest for me this year. I am going to commit to finishing at least one game every month in Dang 2021 man. and the parameter on this is that it cannot be a game that i've already finished so like i'm playing through the last of Us part two right now i've already finished that so that would not count towards my total for next year uh but i have not finished red dead redemption 2 i have not finished assassin's creed origins um not origins odyssey uh and then like a couple others so like those would count and i'm, I'm kind of close to the end of those so those should be fairly easy to knock out um, and then, you know, I'll have to find other games to play and finish, but I'm going to commit to finishing at least one game every month in 2021.
1: That's a uh, fitting for our theme here related to new year's resolutions. I should probably add one to mine, but there has been a character in call of duty that requires 25 finishing moves. And I think I'm at 19, maybe 20. And, uh, okay. I would like to unlock that character. I've been doing a lot of, uh, playing to try and get that. But on top of that, I think adding a game, like, continuing to play new games, because I've found myself, like, getting sucked into one game, Fortnite, Call of Duty, NHL, and like, I just play those games on repeat, yet I need to, like, kind of mix it up a little bit, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it with Ghost of Tsushima, so there's definitely more out there, and a lot of the games that you've mentioned sound interesting, yet I'm just, I haven't played them. Bucks next? It, definitely not. Hard uh, yeah.
0: pass. <laughs> Dude, the face you made, I was like, wait, really? Because the face you made was like, oh, for uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no. Then, <laughs> yeah, no, at all. Yeah, no, never no interest again.
1: at all. <laughs> <laughs> you Murdered that reputation uh, of that game. I'm sitting here and I'm like,
0: I man, I'm sorry <laughs> that it came off that because I don't mean it to. I I do think people should experience if any if any of it sounded bizarre or intriguing, you should experience yeah, it. But you guys yeah. like Death of God? Yeah, it's not a happy game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I,
1: I I honestly like all things considered. I I could see myself playing that just as like a, a personal challenge. Like if it's if it's as. You you hyped it up in a different way. Like, can you handle that challenge of like going into a game knowing that you're not going to like actually get any resolution from it? Like, there's value in that, dude.
0: I I played that game too. So like, I I ended up playing it pretty late a couple of nights um, because I took my PlayStation with me to that beach house, and so like I stayed up late a couple of nights playing that game because I wanted to finish it before we did this episode and going to sleep after you play that game is strange (laughs) like it definitely fucks with your dreams too i
1: love hearing more like pros for this game really i should totally
0: play (laughs) it's not a it's not necessarily bad but it definitely has an effect i I don't know what the effect
1: is about getting seven to eight hours of sleep (laughs) like every night for 20 to 21
0: so you'll have eight hours for your dreams to be so So fucked 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 up by sleep
2: again bug snacks (laughs) yeah
0: um dude yeah so if you're trying to branch out and play some other games outside of bug snacks i have uh i'm a big like i I love indie games so i I do have some recommendations i'll i'll send you um some stuff that i think you'll love and some that you may not and i'm not going to tell you which is which great and we'll just see what happens (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's just gonna be all stuff like Buckstacks. Uh There's there's definitely some games that I think you'll hate and be like, why the fuck would anybody play this? But I would love to see what you think of these. So we'll we'll talk about that stuff uh, offline. But yeah, um, well, cool, man. Anything else? Uh, this <laughs> this was a better episode than I thought it was going to be, just because I was like, there's not much going on this week, but <laughs> this was a pretty good episode.
1: Um, I might be able to crack out a haiku here. Okay. Um, I'm currently writing right now as this comes to my. my... All
0: right. While you're doing that, I will remind people that if they want to get a hold of us or talk to us, I guess those are the same things. If they want to tell us we're they're wrong or that they're wrong, People are probably not going to tell us they're wrong. I'm going to take another swing at this altogether. I'm going to tell people if they want to talk to us, Evan, if they want to tell us we are wrong, uh, or if they want to tell us what their game of the year is, if they want to ask a question or comment on anything, uh, people can get a hold of us uh, on email. Why am I having such a hard time saying this? They can get a hold of us via email at casual at gmail.com or Facebook at facebook.com slash casual sweats pod. Um, I really want you listeners to send us your game of the year nominees because uh, we're going to do that episode next week on the 4th. So do that. Um, Evan, are you, uh, yeah, it's not are my you ready to work. unveil bug, your masterpiece? Um,
1: bug snacks. I will not. The ex- existential crisis. <laughs> rip my heart out. Ripping my heart out. <laughs> <laughs> There there you go.
2: I love it so much.
0: <laughs> Can you send that to me? I want to put that sure. in the episode description. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. We did. We did so many quality performances on this episode, Evan. This was this is yeah. a great, great episode. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm excited for for 2021. Um, I hope it's not more of the same. Just absolute bullshit that 2020 has been uh but you know no matter what it is we're going to be here for you listeners week after week with more of this if you're into it uh <laughs> I, I hope that was you like are, such a we're having like, like if you want to go on a date next
1: week <laughs> like if you're into it i'm, I'm in too you know
0: yeah i might as well i like mean i kind of like, yeah you you know. you're you're like trying to be cool and not not too desperate um but really, in my mind, I was like, please listen to us next week. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still going to be doing this next year. So uh, join us <laughs> for that craziness, whatever that ends up yep. being. Um, and I, I think I think we've got some other cool stuff planned. We were talking about other quests uh, and different things that we can do there. Um, so that should be fun. So, yeah. Um, so listeners, Thank you for listening. Evan, thank you for the invitation, but I don't think I'm comfortable joining you for that pole dancing <laughs> class. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe, something else sometime. Um, and that's it for this episode. Stay sweaty, my friends. <laughs>